This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies, all for you. We may be all the galaxies, all for you, but tonight we're heading to one particular galaxy, and that would be the galaxy far, far away. It's time for another Top 5 edition of the IPC Podcast, and we're very excited to bring it to you. Hello everyone, my name is Zach, and I'm so so thankful that you chose to spend the next little while with us here on this program because it is going to be awesome. I'm never doing that again. But <laughs> we are going to be doing plenty of top fives throughout the course of this year. It was something that proved very popular last year, and so we're going to keep doing it because you keep listening to it. And this one's a really special one. It's going to be really, really fun. Um, really, really uh, full of variety. This one, which uh, I'm finding out the hard way as I'm trying to figure out which category received the most votes. So while I go back to tallying numbers, I'm going to bring in my co-host and my good friend, Mr. Benjamin Hart. How are you tonight, man? Oh, I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Glad to be back on this show. And we've got an awesome one lined up for you guys tonight. It's like, as you said, very... Very uh, tenuous, very, uh, very vast in the uh, all the, the the examples and the uh, possible ways this could go. And and based on your your all of your submissions we've gotten so far, and if you're in the chat, be sure to send in your submissions. For we'll tell you what it is in just a second, I promise. But for right now, um, yeah, it's gonna be awesome, and it's uh, yeah, it's gonna be a big one. It's a, it's a really big one, and, it, and it's really unique, too, because I, I posted this in our Peacekeeper Core chat as just an option. You know, something that we potentially could talk about, but we don't necessarily have to. It's like, eh, maybe we'll talk about this, and eh, maybe we won't. But uh, it turned out to be something that a lot of people had some really cool ideas from. And even uh, one of our longtime listeners, friends, co-hosts, patrons, Jake Damon, referenced the official book to try and figure out how he was going to compile his top five. So, you know, we got, like, super official in here. It was pretty cool. And uh, so tonight we we are delving into the realm of creatures from the Star Wars universe. The galaxy far, far away is full of diversity in more ways than one. You know, it's been empowering women for generations. It's been exploring diversity a lot lately, uh, giving opportunities to minorities to to have like a really, really big chance on stage. And it's been awesome to see. But one of the other examples of diversity that they bring in is diversity of what you see, diversity of appearance. 
And that can be aliens, that can be new creatures, that can be a new take on an old creature, something, you know, like a a woolly mammoth looking like a bantha or something like that. (laughs) You know, there's all kinds of different examples that we could come up with. But um, you guys came up with a lot of really great examples for us. And that's part of what I'm so excited to talk about tonight is reading who your favorite characters are, who your favorite creatures are. Now, granted, some people did confuse aliens with creatures, but I, we're going to forgive it. I will I, I, I will give them credit, and I will give them a pass this time. And we, we, we play fast and loose with the quote-unquote rules most of the time anyway. Um, but mm-hmm. with, when it comes to this, you have, of course, we put out what are your top five favorite Star Wars creatures. And when you're... And I, I thought about this, and we kind of had a discussion in the Peacekeeper group about, you know, I think any a creature is a non-sentient being. You're talking your wampas, your your dewbacks, your porgs, whatever. Um, but some people took that to mean, oh, any kind of alien, your your Rodians, your Wookies, you name it. Um, I think it's just, I think we all agreed it was kind of non, kind of based on non-sentient. We may do Star Wars aliens. At some point, um, but that's another topic. But some of you guys included aliens in your top fives, which is fine, which is fine tonight. We'll let it slide this time. But uh, I think it's easy to confuse them because I think in kind of Star Wars fan culture, we talk about oh, these are aliens, these are creatures, but in the within the context of the films, which is you know kind of in universe stuff. Whereas outside of that context, people will say I love the creatures, and they're talking about your Wookiees, anything that's not human, that's kind of created by the human imagination that, that people have worked on these films. So I understand the confusion. I understand that, like, if you think of... I can understand thinking, oh, I love the, the Jawa as a creature. I wouldn't call Jawa a creature. He's a sentient being. You know, he's an alien. Um, so, But we'll, we're, we're going to... We'll get to those as we get to them as we get on the show. Oh, yeah. There's there's plenty to explore. There's plenty to, to look at in in each one of those respective categories, because some people go all alien, some people go all creature, and then there's some that have like a bit of a mix. And so it's going to make for a really fun right. dis, uh, just discussion overall, because, you know, there's some creatures that you may only see in one movie or one TV series or one episode of a TV series. Or you may only know them from the books or from the Legends canon. You know, there's there's a lot of different ways that this could really go, and I'm kind of excited to go all those different directions, if I'm being totally honest. Well, yeah, like, and, and and with with creatures in Star Wars, like, people love the creatures. I'm, I'm one that kind of, like, I like the creatures. It's maybe not my favorite part of Star Wars, but, like, every film, pretty much, sometimes to its bane, like, will feature a have like a centerpiece of a scene be creatures like focus like the Rathtar scene in force awakens it doesn't add a whole lot to the plot but it's a fun scene and it's all about like introducing these just wacky creatures that are trying to kill everyone um and that's just one of many many examples in almost every film yeah yeah for sure i mean let's look at you know maybe the Rathtars, for example right you know, we'd never even heard of Rathars until The Force Awakens. Right. Never been mentioned, never been referenced, nothing like that. And then all of a sudden they just pop up and become, like, super popular. Uh, the Last Jedi, pretty easy. Porgs, hello. <laughs> everybody, everybody fell in love with the Porgs. <laughs> Except me. <laughs> 
but you know it, it's just it's just one of those things where Star Wars can take pop culture by storm with without even needing the character to talk yeah you know that that's just one of the beautiful things about Star Wars and one of the things that that I that I really enjoy about getting to explore these types of things um but before we get too far into into these uh mm-hmm. Into these lists, we do have a, a couple of orders of business that we need to to go into. One of them being this is the weekend of the premiere of Captain Marvel. Yes, and I had the uh, the extreme pleasure of seeing it opening night and wanted to share a few thoughts with you guys. Just initial impressions off the top, if I may. You know, not uh, not too many spoilers. Just some some opening impressions. Uh, tell you tell you tell you what I saw. Tell you what I thought. Yeah, he he won't spoil anything because I haven't seen it either. I'm in your I'm in your shoes, guy. I mean, I'm on your I'm in your corner. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be totally spoiler free. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be as uh, casual as I can be about this because we are gonna be discussing it in a couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, it's gonna be like an entire episode dedicated to talking about this movie. So don't worry about it. I'm just I'm giving you a few thoughts off the top. Uh, one of them being this is a very encouraging and empowering movie in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. I really, really liked its, uh, its message in the final half hour. It was something that had been kind of building throughout the course of the movie and had a really nice payoff, had a really, really nice emotional payoff. And um, it's got a really great supporting cast that comes around Brie Larson as Captain Marvel uh, she does a really, really good job with, with what she's given. Um, problem is she wasn't given what a lot of people thought she would be given. And so she ended up making the most of what she had. Uh, she and Samuel L. Jackson have amazing on-screen chemistry. I love, love, love their chemistry. They make a great team. And I hope that we get to see that tandem in some form again. Yeah, you know he's been turned to dust, but hopefully not permanently. So she's either gonna have to like deal with losing somebody that I think she could ends up calling a friend, or they end up saving the day one more time. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I I really did like their chemistry. Um, ben Mendelsohn was oh, the yeah. surprise of the movie. I'm not I'm not gonna give away anything more than that, but. Ben Mendelsohn does a really, really solid job with the role that he's given. Nice. And it's, it's got a, it's got a really cool payoff with his storyline too. Nice. So he's, he's done stuff in DC. Now he's done stuff with star Wars. He's done stuff with a Steven Spielberg film. And now he's done a terrific job in the Marvel universe. That's just a feather in the cap of an amazing acting resume, in my opinion. So go, for the story, stay for the on-screen chemistry and for Ben Mendelsohn. That's that's my take on on Captain Marvel. That's that's great. That's great because I I because I as you said I, I still haven't seen it. I'm really looking forward to it, and I'm I'm kind of like lukewarm on like how I'm going to feel about it and, and like my expectations because I've been looking forward to it, but th- th- all the trailers didn't really enthuse me all that much. And you know I'm really looking forward to Endgame right now, and I'm mostly kind of looking for that forward to that kind of connection and I think we're kind of having a similar thing we have with Black Panther and Infinity War being it's going to lead right into it 
um, obviously. And I know I've heard about the the, the post credit scenes. I'm sure those are great too. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm 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 hearing a lot of great things. You're you're not the first person, and that's ultimately. Yeah, I don't trust Rotten Tomatoes, even even before all this mess that happened with Captain Marvel. Like, I don't trust the review sites. I trust people like you. I trust my friends telling me, hey, this movie is good. Like, that's it. not that I'm going to want to not see it anyway, but it's encouraging to hear people that I trust saying, hey, this movie's pretty darn good. Well, okay, so it's not like the best Marvel movie I've ever seen. You know, I'm going to... I'm going to put it the way that I intend to always put any movie. You know, I wasn't the the best uh, critic of Black Panther, even though people were, you know, nominating it for movie of the year, that kind of same thing. Same here, same here. Uh, it's, it, it, it wasn't the best Marvel movie I've ever seen. It wasn't even the best space Marvel movie I've ever seen. That title still belongs to the Guardians of the Galaxy. But for what they made it out to be, they did a really good job with what they had. So, I, uh, I I enjoyed what I saw for what I saw. I would probably put it a solid B+. Plus. You know, yeah. I, I don't know what my planet score for it is going to be yet. I'm going to see it one more time, probably on a $5 Tuesday before we actually do the show. But initial impressions, just watching it for what it was, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed the development. I enjoyed... Here, here's the thing that I enjoyed the most, I think. This movie made me want to go back and watch other movies in the MCU. That's since great. it's kind of a since since it's kind of one like a like a like an origin story, kind of a prequel, if you will, there are some connections to certain lines, moments, and sequences from other movies. Because it's got some Guardians of the Galaxy tie-ins, it's got some Avengers tie-ins, it's got some Captain America tie-ins. There are, there are certain connections and nuances that remind me of other things. And so um, those tie-ins were things that really encouraged me to say, hey, I need to go back and watch the Avengers. <laughs> I, wow. I need to go back and watch Captain America again so that I can do certain comparisons to certain elements of their storylines. And that was probably the thing that got me most excited, was this is a movie that not only got me excited about the future of the MCU, but also got me excited to go back and watch previous MCU movies at the same time. That's awesome. That's So, yeah. That that's probably, like, the most redeeming quality of this movie, is it made me want to see other Marvel movies, which I don't always get that from, you know, something like even Infinity War or Ragnarok. Ragnarok mm-hmm. doesn't make me want to go back and watch the first two Thor movies. But yeah, yeah. But Captain Marvel did entice me to to go see other movies. So we're getting some mixed reviews from our friends listening live in the chat, which honestly doesn't surprise me. Um, but... For what it was, I enjoyed it for what it was. So, I I'm not I'm not trying to put it on too high a pedestal. I'm not going to say it was expected to be the best movie ever. Uh, it definitely was not that for me, but I think it does set some things up pretty nicely for Endgame as well. So, fair enough. 
Fair we'll enough. be we'll be doing a full in-depth Captain Marvel discussion on March the 22nd, I believe. So uh, that's just two weeks away. So be sure to stay tuned for that. We'll go into the ins and outs of it, because by then Ben, you'll have seen it at least once, and I'll have seen it probably twice. <laughs> so yeah. we'll, have, we'll have a few screenings between the two of us by the time all that is said and done. Nice. So. Nice. That'll nice. be fun. Now, going from Marvel over to DC for a second, uh, we've talked about Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn now working on Suicide Squad 2, and we've gotten some recent developments saying that uh, he's still on board to write and direct, but Collider is reporting that the lineup is going to be different, and it's going to include the likes of Ratcatcher, King Shark, which I'm excited for. Yeah. Polka Dot Man, Dave Bautista being eyed for the role of Peacemaker, and Will Smith will not be reprising his role as Deadshot. So there's a lot of stuff going on with Suicide Squad 2 right now. Yeah, you got you got Idris Elba apparently stepping into the role of Deadshot, which which the, the and they're talking about the fact that I can't remember the guy's name, but they're talking about Rick Flagg may not be back. Um, it's unsure if Harley Quinn will be back with Margot Robbie. So it's the more I hear about this thing, the more I'm like, this sounds like a full-on reboot. This sounds like it's just going off of, you know, going off in a new direction, which I'm okay with. <laughs> like I'm totally fine with it. Even though, like, I would be. I think if you got Will Smith, you got Margot Robbie, and you took those characters and with maybe a new lineup. De- James Gunn could do wonders with with any of that, but the fact that they're seemingly you know the only existing character that's confirmed or at least rumored to be returning is played by a different actor. Like I I don't I don't see Idris Elba and Will Smith in the same like category of actors. Like I feel like this is gonna be a different take on Deadshot. This is not the same one. No, I don't think it will be either. I, I think, I, I think having Elba in there is going to give it maybe a, a, a deeper sense of intensity, which is interesting for a James Gunn flick because everything that we got from the Guardians of the Galaxy was action, but kind of comedic action. Right. So I'd be curious to see if. Um, if Elba kind of ends up playing the straight man and everybody else is doing the comedy around him, potentially, yeah, I don't, I don't see, I don't see him in that role of like quipping and stuff. Like, no, I don't either because like Will Smith's comedic timing fits very much in line with James Gunn's comedic timing. So to me, this is actually a bit of a surprise. I would have expected Smith and and Gunn to actually be able to work together pretty well. If you'd have told but, me, if you'd have just said like, "Hey, there's a movie coming out with James Gunn and Will Smith," I'm like. Sign me up. That sounds like a good pairing. Right. Right. So, I mean, I get it. He's popular. You know, if if we if we have to be if if we have to be like super serious about this for a second, Will Smith is in demand. He's playing the genie in Aladdin, you know? Yeah, he, the guy is the guy is working, man. He is working he's, all over the place. He's working his tail off. Fresh Prince of Bel Air was not like his only accomplishment, you know? No, he's come. On, so, he's come a long way, even from Men in Black. Like, like yeah, he has. seriously, he really has. And for that, I'm excited for him. You know, totally. but it it's just 
if if you had to get anybody to replace Will Smith, I think the first person on my list would have been Idris Elba. Because he's really high in demand too. You know? Oh, he's he's I mean, he's on the top of my list when it comes to like I mean, I'd love to see him as James Bond. Yeah, I mean, that's I'd love another to see one that he's been lo- rumored for. I mean, I'd love to see him in Star Wars too. That'd be great. Um he was in Star Trek, he was great. Like he's he's one he's got around. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere. Get him to sing that song too. <laughs> the only thing that, that wasn't all that much of a success was that uh what was it called? The Tower? Yeah, the Dark Tower. Oh, that the was Dark Tower. That had McConaughey and him, man, that thing bombed. I, I was really I was really surprised that it bombed because it had a really interesting premise. It's based on a book. It was you know, it, it was teased really well and then just So Sad. that was that was that was disappointing, but uh, you know, I think he, this is going to sound really weird, but I love the man's voice. I I really enjoyed hearing him voice Shere Khan the tiger in Jungle Book a couple mm, of years back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he did it, and then just last year Benedict Cumberbatch did it in the Mowgli Netflix movie, and I think I enjoyed the look of Cumberbatch's Shere Khan, but I enjoyed the voice of Elba's Shere Khan, if that makes sense. So what you're saying is they need to go back and, and somehow meld the two characters. <laughs> they, they need to like try and blend them together, yeah. That would be that would be awesome. We could call it Idris Cumberelba. I don't know. Cumberbuns. <laughs> when, when I tweet or any, any say anything about Benedict Cumberbatch on social media, I always make a point to misspell his name or, or miss missay his name. It's always Benadryl Cumbersnorp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything like good, you know, but, butter beans, cumber, cucumber, or something like it. Just it, any <laughs> anything that just you know it's him, but you also it's just like totally off in left field. Uh, we could we could go off on a hashtag Cumberwatch set of puns if we wanted to. Not but, enough Cumberwatch. Um, I know we really haven't. We've been we've been using that other uh, watch a little too much uh, <laughs> that we've got at the end of that we got at the end of the show. Um, let's talk for just a second about King Shark showing up oh, yeah. in Suicide Squad Two because uh, if, if I if I got to be honest, that's probably. One of my favorite characters in the Flash TV series, and probably just one of my favorite characters in DC Comics ever. Yeah, he's the only character out of all these besides Deadshot that I know anything about, um, which is crazy. Um, and King Shark, apparently, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't been keeping up with the Flash much lately, but uh, they had they just had King Shark versus. Versus Gorilla Grodd. I'm seeing that. I did just a quick Google search for King Shark, and the first thing that popped up was King Shark versus Gorilla Grodd, and I'm like, excuse me, what? Yeah, that King Shark, the whole idea of King Shark fits the Flash so perfectly because that show is just bonkers sometimes, and that character is bonkers. Um, I'd be interested to see what, what uh, what James Gunn's take would be on it. Uh, I, I, I don't... I don't know, but it sounds like it could be really good, you know? Yeah. If anyone um, if anyone can take something 
super weird and obscure and make it awesome, it's James Gunn. Well, I mean, I'm curious to see who they'd get to play him, you know, because Bautista's yeah. being eyed for somebody else. But if I was to think of anybody as a as a good King Shark, it would have been Bautista. So yes, that's that's a good point. So who are they going to get to be like this buff, macho, bipedal dude with you know 1,800 teeth? Like I'm. What I'm about really? What about uh, a Benadryl Cummerbunds? <laughs> you mean Cabbage Patch Bender Snorp? Uh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> uh, I mean, I could see that. But that's also like a really star-studded cast. I don't know if they could even afford that, you know? Uh, it's DC, Warner Brothers, they can afford it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, we'll see. Uh, they're going to need they're going to need a good cast. They're going to need a good cast. I, I think James Gunn I, and who knows? I mean, James Gunn doesn't necessarily pick like the biggest actors. Like he picked like Chris Pratt. That was one of the biggest roles he ever had was Guardians, like when he first got in there. And that was his Excuse lead. you. He already made a name for himself in Parks and Rec, fool. Yeah, it's a TV show, though. It's a TV show. I, no disrespect. Was one of meant. the best TV shows ever, though. I get it. I get it. But he was the fat, funny guy on that show. And they, he James Gunn turned him into this badass sex, sex object. Like, you know, he, the, the guy did a... You know what James Gunn did for Chris Pratt, just amazing the turnaround. Um, so yeah, I don't know if he'll pick somebody like that, maybe that you don't expect, or he'll go with some big names. I'm just always going to ship Andy and April. I'm just like, no matter what happens, I am always going to stand up for that couple. They are like the the couple of the millennium. I I will always love Andy and April. They are they are like. They're the stuff of memes because they're the stuff of legend. I'll just put it that way. They're on Netflix. There's no reason not to watch Parks and Rec. There's literally no reason. I get the, it. The first season's a little rough, but from there on out, it just gets better and better. I love it. I love it so much. Ah. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm not going to go on a Parks and Rec tangent. I'm just, I'm just going to give you one hot take before we move on to this other piece of DC news. Uh, I think Parks and Rec is better than The Office. Wow. Hot, mm. spicy take. Yeah, and I'm just going to leave it at that so people can bash me on Twitter all they want, but I don't care. Yeah. All right, yeah. on to, on to uh, DC TV now. It was officially announced this week that um, Arrow is finally coming to a close after eight seasons. Yep. Uh, I will be honest, I kind of dropped off after about season four. I, I, I do not blame you. I do not blame anyone for giving up on Arrow. Um, I, the show has had its ups and downs, for sure. Um, I think it's been more up than down recently, as I've, as I've stated before. I think I, they've been done a pretty good job with this season and the past season. Um, and I, I'm, I'm sad to see it go. It, they're, apparently, they're going to be coming back. They're in the middle of Season 7 right now. Season 8 will return with 10 episodes and that's going to be it for Arrow. Um, and apparently, and I watched this video, and you can find it on his Facebook page. Stephen Amell went on Facebook and kind of gave a really, really heartwarming, really, really uh, a very uh, heartfelt video to his fans and, and talk about, and basically said that this was an agreement. This It's not being canceled. This is an agreement on the part of the show's showrunners 
and WB and CW that this was where they wanted to end the show, which is always good to hear. In a in a world where we just got done um, going through the cycle of hearing all of our favorite uh, Netflix Marvel shows get canned um, and many other things, um, it's good to hear when a show is, is going out on its own terms. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure what's going to happen. There's they're, they're coming up with uh, the big crossover, the... Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is what it's going to be called, I think, and who knows if that's going to play into it, but it's going to be, in fact, that would actually, maybe that's where it ends. I don't know. Maybe that'll be the the the, the finale. I don't, there's, there's something that happened in the past crossover I don't want to get into for spoiler reasons, but it could potentially play into Arrow ending. I don't, I don't want to say anymore, but it's sad, but it's also, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing the show. You know, I, I've really enjoyed it, but at the same time, I'm going to look forward to seeing the ending and seeing what they do. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to discredit the, the show or the actors or the efforts or anything like that. It's just my attention span was brought elsewhere. That's all there is to it. I, I don't feel like it's a discredit to the quality of the show because compared to some of the other DC TV shows, it's definitely one of the best. I, I definitely consider it superior to Supergirl. I consider it superior to Legends of Tomorrow. And, uh, you know, I only saw bits and pieces of the first season of Black Lightning. I liked it, what I saw. But I don't have enough to go on to say that I think it's better than the Arrow. So, I mean, that and The Flash are, like, the stalwarts of the DC CW TV shows. They're They're fantastic. And the reason that they've gotten multiple seasons like this is because of how fantastic they are. So our friend Kenny in the chat has the right perspective. Congratulations to Stephen Amell and the cast. Yeah. You know, they made it last for eight seasons. Their ratings were up enough to warrant eight seasons of production and stunts and villains and work. You know, everything that they put into it is eight seasons, eight years worth of, of work. And that should definitely be congratulated and rewarded. So I, I'm glad that they have figured out a good way to close the books rather than leave people on a cliffhanger and say, oh, well, it just didn't get enough ratings. We're done with it now. It's ending the way it needs to end, you know? Yeah. And, and that that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. And, and, and it's, uh, you know, eight seasons is a long time. And a lot of episodes for any show, much less Arrow. And a lot of shows don't make it that far. Um, so it's it's nice to see them not only make it that far, but being able to go out on their own terms and not be canceled and you know pulled the rug out from under them. And I'm just interested to see, like even Stephen L. Mail said, like, yeah, the show's ending, but like there's always the possibility I could come back, you know, in another show because it's the Arrowverse. This we assuming. This is going to go on forever, and they're going to always have different shows in this universe. And the Flash is still going, presumably for the foreseeable future. You know, Legends of Tomorrow, you know, all these things, and any number of possibilities. They time travel, whatever. Um, he could show back up. Any of those characters really could show back up. So it'll be interesting to see, like having Arrow as the kind of has kind of been the, the the foundation for all these shows to sit on. Now Arrow being gone, what's going to be kind of how is the Arrowverse going to operate? up without that and all that kind of stuff. Because, like, you know, half of the, you know, Legends of Tomorrow characters are, you know, from Arrow, and, you know, like, 
it's you know it's it's definitely been a huge thing. You know, Flash was a direct spinoff of it. Um, so I'm I'm just really excited to see like what they do with with uh, with Arrow. You know what how it all ends really truly. Well, so do you think this could end up becoming like a passing of the baton kind of thing over to the new uh, Batwoman story that's about to get underway? See, I. I don't I feel know. Like... Yeah, it, it it could be. It could be. I I it, I feel like there's definitely going to be a passing of the baton. But I feel like it, he may be more or less passing the baton to Barry. I don't know. I feel like that relationship has kind of been pretty strong. And, yeah, that could and, be. And you know, Oliver has kind of been kind of a friend, but also kind of a mentor figure in his life. But also, there's another Green Arrow on the scene that um. Spoiler alert, the sister to Oliver. Um, and so that whole drama with that and, and what's going on, and there's a lot of family drama, as per usual with Arrow. It's a, basically a soap opera with superheroes, so whatever. Um, <laughs> that's always been the MO of that show. But, uh, yeah, I'm curious. You know, It's funny how we're, we're in the MCU. We have the old characters, the original Avengers, and they're having their last hurrah in Endgame, and then they're going to be passing the baton on to someone else. Is a similar thing going to happen in the Arrowverse, where you know Arrow and Flash, all these guys have been top dogs for, they've been the big stars of the Arrowverse for so long. Now are they going to be passing the baton on to, say, Batwoman and whatever else, or you know maybe Black Lightning shows up or whatever? Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I... <sighs> I'm just so invested in other things right now that it's hard for me to get invested in all of those shows too. I it's a lot to take in. Yeah, There's I, a I lot of media to consume out there these days, man. There's a yeah. lot of media out there. And then there's also people like me who haven't gotten caught up on a lot of other pop culture stuff and I'm still working on it. For example, I have not finished um How I Met Your Mother yet. <laughs> Uh, my, my a very very dear friend of mine who's practically like my older sister practically twisted my arm into watching it one time she was like we're going to watch this and I'm like okay and we watched it and I enjoyed what I saw got a few laughs but I realized I've watched a lot of other sitcoms recently but I haven't watched that so I'm like you know what I'm going to say that I have watched this series all the way through and that's what I've been setting myself to do. And I'm in the final season. I'm in the final episodes of the final season. Took me about a couple of months, you know, spread out over the course of a while. But that's something that I've been doing. Because it's like a half hour here, a half hour there. As I'm falling asleep, no big deal. If I, you know, fall asleep in the middle of the episode, I'll just go back and watch it again. With something like the Arrow or the Flash, I've got to make sure that, like, my attention is at its peak so that I know what's going on, you know? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I can't be like a casual observer with a series like that. And it, I, it, I've taken to watching TV as a way of winding down rather than winding up. So, you know, that's just the season that I'm in. But that doesn't mean that that's the season everybody's going to be in. Right. So when I say that I haven't watched it for a while, it's not always because I think it's low quality. It may just be that my attention is elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's, that's totally fair. There's so many things to watch these days and it's like oh you gotta watch this together with it's just like I'm just I'm I can barely watch what I you know what I'm currently watching much less add anything else maybe once Arrow ends I can start watching something else 
Mm, maybe, maybe. I got plenty of suggestions for you. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to make a point to come up with some new things and, and get some suggestions. Ooh, that could be another episode. Is top five TV shows Ben should watch? Yeah, and see, I haven't watched most of them, so you, you can come exactly. up with a thing. So exactly, yeah. we could we could come up with a list and tell you to go watch Fresh Prince of Bel Air or The Orville or Frasier, and you would have to watch it. That would be so cool. That would be. <laughs> Funny. Do like do like a follow up episode six months later and be like, okay, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, that'll be so much fun. Well, we got plenty of other fun to get to this evening, namely, um, I don't know the topic that we've got. Yeah, almost <laughs> forgot. Uh, we've been talking for like over a half an hour about all this other stuff. Let's actually get to the stuff that matters most. Our top five Star Wars creatures. Uh, we're going to go through the list that have already been submitted to us. If you're listening live on channel1138.com, then you can go ahead and send them to us in the chat. We'll add them in towards the tail end of the show. If you are listening on iTunes or Google Play or whatever else, I'm sorry, we might have missed you. Uh, that's okay. We've got other top fives around the corner. We're doing them well, like once, once a, a month. month. About once yeah. a month we can do this. So, so we... there will be another one. Don't worry. Don't worry. This isn't the last top five we're doing this year, not by a long shot. So we're going to go with those that have received top billing, and that first and foremost goes to our patrons of the program, the ones that contribute to the show financially so we're going to lead off with one Mr. Joey Mays. At number five, he's got Pergil. At number four, he's got the Space Slug. At number three, the Wampa. At number two, the Acklay. And at number one, classic, the Rancor. Nice, nice. I like the, I like the abundance of uh, space creatures in there. You got the Pergil, you got the Space Slug. Um, and then some classic ones like the Rancor. Love it. The Purgle. You're you're still not over those, are you? Don't get me started on the Purgles, man. I'm 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 still wrestling with them. uh, (laughs) Yeah, they were like, this is a thing. Okay. I I watched that episode of Rebels, and I think okay. The writers were tripping on acid, and then they put it to animation. Cool. Dude, what if there was a whale, but it was in space? And, and what, what if, if the whale had tentacles? I was about to say, what if the space whale had, like, sex with a with a space squid, and these were, like, their hybrid children? And what if they could go at light speed? Like, what? dude. Dude, what if, like... We could go at light speed when we're riding on their backs. Do you think we could hold on? Like, oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Sorry, Joey. I'm not making fun of your list. I'm making fun of Purgles because apparently they're a popular thing tonight. So I'm going to make plenty of jokes about them. Uh, in fact, <laughs> our, our next patron, Dan Grievous, also has them in his list. <laughs> Nice. Okay, we'll get his. We'll get to his really quick. Dan Grievous at Dan Grievous on Twitter, of course. Daniel Georgiev, our good friend. Um, he has at number five the Gutker. Gut, I hope I'm pronouncing right. That's the uh, the giant uh, like 
they're, the gut car. Yeah, they're 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 Ryloth beasts that you see. They're they're the, they're Ry- they're Rylothian and they're horrifying, dude. They are. They are. They're terrifying. Um, number four is Purgle. Number three, Accolade. <sighs> number two, Zillow Beast. And number one, the Rogwart. Of course, of course, Rogwart. You remember the Rogwart, right? The Rogwart. Uh, it's from Lair of Grievous. It's Gore. Oh, Dan Grievous. I'm not not Dan Grievous. Grievous, <laughs> General Grievous, his pet. That's what it's called. Yes. I didn't know what the species was called. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, there's a lot of them. That I didn't know the species. I just know the name of the creature. <laughs> Dude, Rogwarts were badass. Well, the, the, the thing's got like if you if you Google it, it's R O G G Wart, and it's got <laughs> it's R-O-G-G, wart. the O G G Wart. <laughs> it's got like mechanical like arms in addition to like its normal thing. Like it's. Oh, like these appendages that come out of its back, and it's got these huge teeth for a jaw, and it's got like a, like a what do you call it? The the three prong fork, a trident. Yeah, yeah. It's got like a trident for a tail. Like this thing is horrifying, and of course Dan Grievous would be the one that lists the Rogwart number one on his list. Absolutely. No surprises. No surprises there. Um. Man, I may have to rethink my list. <laughs> I still haven't just... nailed mine down, so I'm I may I may steal some of these. Okay, can I just say this might have been one of the most difficult top fives for me to ever come up with. Wow. I just I just gotta say, I was li- I was like coming up with all these different creatures that I've seen and enjoyed seeing in the in the Star Wars universe. And I came up with, like, 20 of them in less than 10 minutes. Wow. Like, I was just thinking, ooh, what about this? Ooh, what about this? Ooh, what about this? Ooh, what about Porgs? Hell no. What about this? Ooh, what about this? What about, you know, I was just coming up with idea after idea, and I came up with, like, 20 of them. And only five of them could make it. And honestly, I've got like seven listed, and by the time we're done, I may have eight listed, and I'm just going to like flip around which ones I'm actually going to talk about, because there's just so many awesome creatures out there in this universe. Yeah. All right, on to another one of our patrons, one Mr. Jake Damon. He's got a new show called The Jake Damon Program. He's got like two or three episodes up already, so you should go follow him on Twitter to find that stuff out there. He says, I'm going to go with Sarlacc, Rodian, Trandoshan, Hut, and Mon Calamari. Honorable mention to the Wookiees. So, here's the deal. We were talking about the difference between creature and alien. Right. There's a little bit of a blend here, because even the Sarlacc, in my opinion, has sentience. You could make that argument, yeah. Well, okay, you could kind of make that argument of just about any creature, but like, even, I would, even I would Sarlacc, personally, I would personally qualify it as a creature. But here, here's here's how I feel like the the Sarlacc has sentience. It burped. <laughs> Fair enough. A comedically timed burp is almost non-existent anywhere else, except. With the Sarlacc. So he was like, mmm, that was good. 
you know, that kind of thing. I find that comedic to have that kind of sense of humor. Maybe it was planned. Maybe it wasn't planned. I don't know. I don't know if I care. I just know that I enjoyed it. And so I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm still, I'm still deciding. <laughs> I'm still deciding. That's a, that's a but, good list, Jake, regardless, regardless of, of the misserstanding. That's a good list. I do, I do like, I like all those and great I designs. Like, I like the eyes of the Rodians, especially in the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. I like the history of the Trandoshans, which we also learn a lot about in the Clone Wars. I like Jabba the Hutt. You know, he's like this classic slimeball character who makes a lot of appearances in the universe. I like Hutts. Mon Calamari, they've got a really awesome homeworld, as we learn in the Clone Wars. Yep. They've got some some really deep history rooted with... Uh, with the Rebel Alliance, you know, the the ship in Episode Eight is named the Radis, yeah, named after Admiral Radis, a Mon Cala. So, you know, there's there's a lot of of really really great uh, elements of each of those characters, and and I'm not dissing any of them because, like I said, we're going to be getting a lot of stuff like this. And Jake was the one who was referencing the official creature guide to Star Wars. Yes, yes. I so I've got he, one of those too cuz we got him together. <laughs> he he did his research. All right? He he did his research. I got to give him at least that. But uh you won't be seeing Mon Cala or Trandoshans or Rodians on my list. Just putting that out there. Same, same. But if you're interested in becoming a patron and getting top billing on uh these top 5 programs among a lot of really awesome other benefits and we're working on even revamping those benefits as we speak like we're collaborating and talking about what we can do to improve our patron program but if you are interested in joining that then go talk to one of us on uh, social media or go to patron.podbean.com forward slash ipc podcast to get in on all the action so now we move to the peacekeeper core which is a a secret group that uh, only we can add you to. Ha ha ha. And uh, it's intended for people that uh, financially contribute to the show. Some people do, some people don't. That's okay. That's part of the revamping process. We may have the Peacekeeper Corps, and then we may have like a private chat or something for the people that are financially contributing. So that's one of the things that we're working on. But uh, our friend Chris Abbott has a really really fun list and uh, a character a creature i should say that is going to make several more appearances and rightfully so yes yes and uh okay his number five is puffer pig <laughs> um number four veractal um which is for those that i didn't actually know this but uh it's it's boga from revenge of the sith i, I forgot that's what the name of his character is um mm. uh number three is sarlacc Number two is Wampa, and number one is the Rancor again. Seems to be a a pretty popular choice, but I'm gonna I'm gonna swing back to the Veractal because, like you said, Boga had a proper name. Yeah, but we didn't really know what Boga's species was until a couple of days ago, and uh, I gotta be honest, Boga is just one of my favorite elements of revenge of the sith period Mm -hmm. like the idea that you can have a giant lizard creature that you can ride horseback on 
and you can engage like in hand-to-hand combat while riding on them and they can scale rock walls that are like nearly straight up and down like all those elements are really 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 fascinating to me and and I don't want I don't want to keep bringing up this debate but I you could make the argument again that Boga is somewhat sentient because in the novelization, which I just got a chance to read the other day, uh, or listen to, I should say, um, via audiobook, uh, I went through all the prequel novelizations um, for the first time ever. Um, she actually, like, puts herself in, like, when the clones shoot at Obi-Wan, she puts herself between him and the blaster bolts. She, like, saves his life. Ooh. That's almost canon. <laughs> Ooh, she sacrificed of, herself. That kind of sacrifice definitely makes the case for sentience. Absolutely. Not but disqualifying also, you, Chris, just saying. <laughs> well, but but also the idea that um that that you can be summoned with a call is almost like a dog in certain respects. Yes. And yes. there are a and lot of like, people out the there novel- that argue that dogs have sentience as well. Right, and in the novel, um, like, Obi-Wan at first tells her, like, hey, go away, like, they're fixing me a battle, and she's like, nah, I'll stick around and help you. Like, so, there's uh, there's a lot of great storytelling with her. Man, I kind of want to go read the novel now. I'm, it's a great read. It's one of the best novelizations. <coughs> so, is that part of the, was that all the, the stuff that was written during the, the Revenge of the Sith trilogy? Like, that was just the middle book of, like, the three of them? Because there was, because oh, uh, there was Dark Lord, the Rise of Darth Vader, mm-hmm. and then that that was the sequel, and then Revenge of the Sith was kind of the the one that was sandwiched in the middle. The one before it was Labyrinth of Evil. That's yes. the one. Yes, I That's haven't. I want to get to those. I've only read just the prequel movie novelizations. I haven't actually gotten to that those. Um, but yeah, I think one of them is about like what happened on Kato Nimodia or something. And then another one is about like Vader becoming Vader being, yeah, so being as it I've... may, they're kind of non-canon now. The novelization is kind of quasi canon. Um, but still great books. Dude, Labyrinth of Evil and Dark Lord, the Rise of Darth Vader are two of the best legends canon books I've ever read. So like i I, I put it up there with Vector Prime by R.A. Salvatore. Wow. They are fantastic books. Uh, Labyrinth of Evil, you're right. It talks about a crisis on Keita Neimoidia, and then it also uh, goes into detail of how Grievous kidnapped Chancellor Palpatine off of Coruscant. Oh, and see, there's yeah, it's there's references in the novelization to like other stuff that's happening. Right. And it's not, it's not canon stuff now because there are kind of more... There's stuff that the Clone Wars established since then and stuff like that, like, that kind of contradicts it. But, like, there's references to Ventress, but it's re- Ventress from, like, the comics and the the, the old books versus right. actual Ventress that we see in Clone Wars. Um, right. But still, it's cool nonetheless. You just kind of take some of it with a grain of salt and say, hey, this is made at a different time, a different canon. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Dark Lord, I think, it's been a while since I've read it, but I believe it covers his um his his execution of order 66 across the galaxy hunting down and and killing off the remaining jedi oh interesting That's... and there's like a there's like a certain group of jedi that that we follow as he hunts them down and like he actually 
reveals to some to one of the Jedi that he hunts down right at the very end. He actually like reveals who he was. That's so like crazy. so like right as he's about to kill him, he says, "Do you remember the the hall of the of the eighteen or something like that? Like the 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 Jedi that rejected the order and walked away from it." And he's like, "You're one of the eighteen? And he's like, "No, I am the nineteenth." And I was like, "Oh snap!" <laughs> like, just really, really good storytelling. But we've got some other stories to tell, other people's top fives, and uh, I always love it when this happens. When uh, when somebody sends us a list and then they're listening live, and that would belong to our friend Mr. Kenny Crayley Jr. Thank you for joining us live, Kenny. We always appreciate people listening live with us. Uh, his list is as follows. He gives honorable mention to the Wookiee and the Wampa. And then he also has the Mon Cala, the Hut, the Tauntaun, Boga, the Varactyl, and the Rancor. Nice. Nice. So, Rancor's I mean, getting a lot of love tonight. Rancor's getting a lot of love. The Varactyl's getting some love. Even as an honorable mention, we're getting the Wampas in there. Uh, you know... I'm I'm trying not to like talk about all of them at once, trying to spread it out over the course of an episode, you know. Right. But those are those are definitely ones that are are getting a lot of love here for sure. Absolutely. And uh next up, we've got a great one. Of course, she's she always delivers on the lists. She was just here last week. Um Miss Katie Horn at Pohot Dameron on Twitter. Um where you can find her. And she has, and let me let me let me gear up for this. I gotta I gotta get in, in the character here. Um, <laughs> yeah. So her number five is number five. Rancors in Legends. They were from Dothamir, and the Night Sisters rode them. I forgot about that. That's cool. Um, number four, the Wampa. He, he just wanted a hug. <laughs> Poor Wampa. Um, number three, Rathars are cute to me. Those little murder balls. I can't explain it. Okay, Katie, stop right there for a second. Rathars are thinks, little. She thinks Darth Maul is hot, and Rathars are cute. Okay, okay. Little. Okay. First of all, little murder balls. Little, little murder balls. Katie, they took up the entire damn corridor. <laughs> Where the heck are your proportions coming from? Oh, little man. murder balls. Little. It had Finn wrapped up in one of its tentacles. It was like Star Wars meets hentai for a minute there. It was the beginning of Star Wars' uh, uh, obsession with tentacle monsters because every movie since then, s- s- except for Last Jedi, had as a tentacle monster. Um, uh, so, be that as it may, um, her uh, number two is Tauntaun's adorable, precious, life-preserving. Um, and then number one, Porgs! Porgs are best! And that's uh, it. And I agree, I love Porgs. I, mm, I, Let's just move on, let's just move on. <laughs> Katie, I, I, I love you as a friend, and I, I love it when you send in lists, and I love it when you join us on the show, but... I, I, yes, precious and life-preserving Tauntauns. That, that's great. But, cute Rathars and Porgs being the best. I just... Uh, <laughs> ah, whatever. Oh boy. Okay, okay. So it is... Uh, it, it's time for one of my favorite segments on the show. 
I am I am I am not ashamed to say that it's uh it, it's quite possibly one of one of my favorite segments to do on the show that's an unofficial segment but it's become a segment now thanks to this uh this long-standing listener of ours a, a good friend of ours and uh it's it, it's it's time I, I i was stalling a little bit to make sure i could get the music up right but here we go it's time for shinder's list So ominous. Our our friend Stephen Schinder, we we made that joke a long time ago when we when we were discussing uh, Schinder versus Schindler, and it just stuck. And thankfully, he's embraced it. But uh, his his list is as follows, and I love the descriptions that he gives for all of these as well. Uh, checking in at number five, Purgle. He says, these space whales remind me of Star Trek IV, which I know Zach loves. <laughs> Steven! Steven! Nah! <laughs> the, number four is the Summa Verminoth, a.k.a. the Star Wars Cthulhu. <laughs> number three, the Fothier. Just look at their eyes. How can you not want them to be free? Actually, legit. Okay. <laughs> Number two, the Vulptex. Not to be confused with Vulpix, V-U-L-P-I-X, from Pokemon. Oh. I don't know Pokemon terms, unfortunately, so mm. th- that doesn't that doesn't help me, but uh, that's okay. And number one, the Varactyl. says in parentheses, R.I.P. Boga. <laughs> yes, yes, rest in peace. So, honestly, this is a really good variety. As as opposed to Purgles, as I am, you've got stuff from the new trilogy. You've got stuff from standalones. You you've got two creatures that are both from one movie: the Fothiers and the Vulptexes, which is okay because they're both pretty cool. You know, the the Fothiers didn't make it to my list. Actually, didn't even make it to my twenty, just because they felt a little basic to me. But he makes a good point. When you look at their eyes, you should want to set them free, just like you should want to set any animal in captivity free. So, I mean, I, I get it. And then the Vulptex. I'm curious now, what's the difference between a Vulptex and a Vulpix? Like, what does the Vulpix in Pokemon look like compared yeah, to the Vulptex? I'm curious about that now. Uh, Okay, the, the, the Vulpix looks like... Bambi made love to My Little Pony. <laughs> yes, I've seen this before. I have very limited knowledge of Pokemon, but yes, I've seen this. I, I have no knowledge, so that's that's really the best description I can get for it, is, is Bambi made love to somebody from My Little Pony, and that's what we got. So yeah, I think I'll take Voltexes as well. Uh, I, I always just called them Crystal Foxes, so I had to do a quick search just to confirm what their creature type was. But uh, Voltexes, I love the way that their fur jingles when they run yes i love yeah that's that's great like yeah just amazing amazing the way that they they thought of that i i never would have thought of that but they did and that's impressive that's great so that is that is schinder's list folks 
And with the conclusion of Schindler's List, we're also going to take a quick ad break. We'll see you on the flip side as we continue discussing our top five Star Wars creatures right here on the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I have drifted into the underworld. The Star Wars underworld. I have a bad feeling about this. Hey, y'all. This is Ben Hart here. I know y'all just heard me on the IPC talking all things geeky and fun. Now I'm here to tell y'all about my other podcast. It's called The Star Wars Underworld, about all things Star Wars. We talk Star Wars The Clone Wars, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Star Wars Last Jedi, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, and so much more. I record it with my friends Chris and Dominic, who are here to tell y'all all about it. Hello, Chris. Hello, Ben. I'm so excited to talk about Star Wars this week. It's fun. It's funny. We're going to have a great time. Hey, guys, I am so nostalgic for mall packaging, and I love being on the Star Wars Underworld podcast talking all the latest Star Wars news. Well, now that y'all had a little taste of the show and you know what to expect, you should check out more episodes by going to StarWarsUnderworld.com or by searching for the show on the iTunes, the Apple Podcast, the Google Play, and all sorts of things. And may the Force be with y'all. It's a wrap, eh? Back here on the IPC Podcast, episode 228, discussing our top five Star Wars creatures. We got some awesome lists from our patrons and our members of the Peacekeeper Corps. And now we move over to the Facebook and Twitter world, as well as getting our lists from people who have sent stuff in kind of uh, last minute, if you will. Um, my Facebook friend and a longtime listener and a, uh, just a really good dude, uh, my friend Sean, who hosts, uh, Call the Banners, a, a Game of Thrones podcast with me, sent me a list in private message. That's why we couldn't find them anywhere. He sent them to me in a private chat. <laughs> and, uh, we, we were trying to figure out, I know Sean sent us a list. Like, I was, I was scrambling trying to figure out where it went. Uh, it was in it was in a DM, so that's why I couldn't find it anywhere on on the public feeds. But he sent us a top five list, and he's actually a member of the Peacekeeper Corps as well. So I'm going to get to him before we get to uh, the Facebook world. At number five, my buddy Sean has the Rack Ghoul. At number four, the Rancor. Number three, the Zillow Beast. Number two, the Crate Dragon. 
And number one, this is a really cool number one. I don't think anybody else is going to have this as their number one. Sean's number one is the Islamiri. I've I've heard it pronounced Islamiri. So I think you he, got it. I think you're. He yeah. he gave me a pronunciation and I still botched it. <laughs> it's I S dash L A dash M A R I, Islamiri. 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 So I probably need to practice that because it might show up again in somebody else's list. But, and and for those who are unfamiliar, these are the I think they were first introduced in the um Heirs of the Empire. Um The Thrawn trilogy. Uh, You're the right. Thrawn trilogy. Um they are the force resistant creatures where they create force bubbles and uh it's funny, I was just listening to Darth Plagueis, which is a newer but still non canon novel, and uh they were mentioned in that novel. Um and so Basically, they create force bubbles, and you can, you know, that's how that's what Thrawn uses to kind of go against Luke Skywalker and stuff like that. But yeah, really cool, actually. I would like to see them in canon sometime. That that was one that I, I was really hoping we would see um, when Thrawn showed up in Rebels. Yes, I yes. thought and... I thought maybe they would show up there as well, but they unfortunately did not. Yeah, see, there's 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 uh there's a statues of them in Thrawn's office, but you don't actually see them. You don't see them like in action, which would have been no. really, really interesting because their, their mythos is, is, is pretty fascinating, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know if we should be going too far off the deep end there. We may end up talking <laughs> about them again at some point. It's just for those, I think it's a pretty obscure creature. I think, I mean, specifically since they've never been on, in a TV show or even maybe even a video game, like they've been only in the books, as far as I know. Um, but yeah, really cool creature. Um, up next, we've got our good friend Robin Glader. Um, he says, uh, number five, Bantha. Number four, Dewback. Number three, Sarlacc. You're sticking with the uh, <laughs> sticking with the Tatooine theme here. Um, number two, Rancor, still on Tatooine. And number one, Wart. What is a wart? I'm going to have to do a lot of Googling here, because <laughs> I don't know what a wart is. What is... Is that stupid. the is that the is that the creature that uh No, they're they're also tattooing creatures. I think they're the oh. things that Jabba eats. No, this is the one this is the the frog dude that's sitting outside Jabba's palace and and, he and eats something else. Eats a eats a fly or something, or is there something that's screaming away from him and he flicks his tongue, eats it and goes Bruh. See? Burping is a sign of sentience. <laughs> Except in the in the in, in the Star Wars wiki, it says warts were a non sentient species that hailed from the desert planet of Tatooine. Wow! They sat stationary, catching prey in the sand, and then using their long tongues to wrap around passing rodents or insects. Yeah, that poor rodent. That poor rodent was sentient because he screamed as he died and was eaten. Okay, still though, that is nothing compared. To the fly that begged for help in the Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> do, do you remember that fly? No. So, no. so Cusco is walking along in the jungle, alright, and he's he's there alone, he's a llama, he's, he's very new to jungles, he's very new to being a llama, and he's like, okay, this jungle isn't very creepy, and then as he gets deeper into it, it's maybe a little creepy. And then, like... 
everything starts to freak him out. Everything starts to freak him out. And he sees this fly buzz by him. And he's like, and then he stops buzzing because he got caught in a spider web. (laughs) And apparently flies know how to talk in this universe because in a really squeaky voice, he starts saying, help me, help me, help me. And then the spider, which is this is anatomically and, and biologically incorrect because the spiders usually just drain the blood from their victims. But apparently this spider ate the fly whole. Just one big wow. munch. And if you wow. listen really closely, there's a muffled voice that goes, too late. Oh, oh, that's uh, that's dark. <laughs> Isn't it's a it Disney though? movie. It's a Disney, it's a Disney movie. movie. And then wow. Chris goes like, okay, that's the freakiest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> wow. That Damn is amazing. Me. Delight. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. <laughs> uh, an all tattooing list. Bravo, Robin. I really admire the dedication to to find all those creatures and and to mention all of them. Dubacks are actually pretty cool. Uh, I'm surprised Dubacks didn't get mentioned as, as much as they should have. But I I digress just a little bit. On to our station manager, Chris Siegel. He sends in a list as well with the Isalamir, according to a correction that has been sent to me from our friend George in the chat. I thought that's what it was, but this is just such a unique name. I didn't want to get it wrong, and I still got it wrong, but whatever. <laughs> number five, the Isalamir. Number four, the Loth Wolf. Number three, the Wampa. Number two, Exogorth. And number one... Zillow Beast. All right. Yes. Back to the Google because I don't know what an exogorth is. Oh, that's the space, space slug. slug. Space okay. Slug. I knew I'd heard that before. I couldn't remember. Couldn't place it. I uh, see. That's just that's way too fancy for me, dude. Come on. <laughs> like an exogorth. We were almost consumed by a giant exogorth. No, dude. We were almost eaten by a space slug. Like, uh... come on. But I, I love again, I love I love the addition of the Zillow Beast though. Love love the Zillow Beast. So here's the deal. This is this is what's cool about Chris's list. The Salamir comes from Legends. The Loth Wolf comes from Rebels. The Wampa comes from uh Empire, as does yeah. the Exogorth. So we've got like stuff from the movies. And then the Zillow Beast comes from the Clone Wars. So he's like, need... he's like exploring all the different aspects in this top five. Bravo, Chris. Yeah, they need, to, they need to do another season. In addition to season seven, another season of Clone Wars where it's just about the Zilla Beast and uh, what happened to right? uh, the, the thing. Right? That was because a loose end that I am not comfortable because with. Because when that finished, the doctor looks at the instructions and she's like, wait, what's this? You want me to clone the Beast? And then that's just it. Yeah. That's, we never heard anything else. Exactly. And we needed closure. We needed to know more about the Zillow Beast. How dare you, Dave Filoni, give us that, throw us that bone and then not follow up on it. And of I course, want a Zillow Beast TV show. Of course, that's not going to be one of the arcs that you're going to see in the, the, the <laughs> final season or whatever they do. Is it supposed to be just one more season that they're releasing, this Clone Wars Lives? Or 
if it's like well received enough, maybe it'll endure a little bit more. Um, no comment. I'm, I'm not. I I I know some things I can't say, but uh, yeah, I'm hoping. You you just gave yourself away, my friend. <laughs> well, I didn't say anything, so I can't get in trouble. Oh, <laughs> uh, but we can read between the lines. You're 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 nodding your head yes, but saying the words no. Yeah, no. Yes, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, well, let's just go to our friend Ryan's list then and save everybody a little trouble. All right, well, Ryan, I guess in no particular order, I'm going to pick an order. Um, He has uh, Rancor, Wampa, Sarlacc, Nexu, and I'm probably going to butcher this, Awa, which is, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe it's Iwa? Probably. Do you know what this is? It's the pterodactyl-like creatures from uh, Camino. 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 There you go. It's the it's the the, the, it's the the flying and swimming giant bird dinosaur thing. They yeah they they, they look like pterosaurs to me, but they're uh-huh. but they're swimming capable, which is really cool. And again, this is this is a, this is a really solid list because you got a lot of classics in there, but then you've also got an episode two creature in there. With the Nexu. That's a nice little nod. Now, Attack of the Clones has a lot of great creatures. They do. Like, They've got the Acklay in there as well, which is really cool. you got really all cool. the arena creatures. you got what's going on in Kamino. Um, yeah, yeah, great. That's a really cool, just the whole concept of like something that can go from swimming to flying. No problem. Like, that's crazy. And uh, Obi-Wan meets one at one point, doesn't he, during the Clone Wars? Yeah, yeah, he rides one. He, he, he like he falls off a thing. He's like, "Oh, we've got to stop meeting like this." I remember that. I, I I do recall that. Here's the deal. I I'm rather ashamed to admit this, but do you remember when we did our Clone Wars discussion here on IPC? Um, we've done several Clone Wars. Discussions, well, okay, so we've but, we've done yes, discussions. I all of them. We've done discussions of, like, episodes and top five arcs and things like that. But I mean, like, right. our actual discussion of each season. Like, we're talking about the Clone Wars Season 2. We're talking right. about Season 3. We're talking about Season 4 tonight. That kind of thing. Right. Um, I think that may have been the last time I've watched the series all the way through. Wow. I – it's it's – honestly, I don't think I've watched the series all the way through since it aired. Probably like, not. I just I remember I've watched like each episode like individually like a bunch of times mm-hmm. because I'm crazy like that. Um but as far as like going back like just recently I was in bed <laughs> and I should have been asleep but I'm going those Yoda episodes man I want to watch that. <laughs> I just picked up one of the Yoda arc <laughs> episodes and just watched it in bed and it was it's great stuff. Like it's so good. So here's what I want to do. I, I want to find that uh, chronological order and go back and watch the episodes in chronology instead of release. I totally am with you on that. I really want to that, – because that's something like in my head I can kind of mix it around and make it work. But like actually watching it from thing mm-hmm. um, is great. A shout out to um, the YouTube channel Blind Wave. They are doing that right now. They do reactions to YouTube and they're watching all Clone Wars in order – and I've been kind of watching it along with them, um, and they do it all in chronological order, which is great. That's cool. That's cool. That may be something that I end up doing just for the heck of it. You know, I, I mentioned I'm almost done with How I Met Your Mother. I I may pick up The Clone Wars and go back through that again because they're still on Netflix, aren't they? 
Yes, yes. They've threatened I'm, to take them off like more than once, but they're still there. I, I may go back and, and try and binge the Clone Wars while it's still there and do it in chronological order. You guys are inspiring me. Thank you so much. That's so cool. <laughs> Uh, I, I am seeing the list that came to people came came to us from people in the in the group chat here on channel 1138.com don't worry uh, we do have your lists if you've sent them to us from there uh, George I see you uh, we're gonna get to some friends of ours from the Twitterverse first and then we'll kind of close out uh, the fan submissions from you guys there so be sure to stay tuned you are not forgotten Nice. Uh, our friend Dan at StayOnTarget42 sent us a list on Twitter. He's got the Purgles. <laughs> Purgles. He's got the Nexu. Another Attack of the Clones reference. Yeah. Porg, of course. <laughs> the Loth Wolf from uh, Rebels. And Varactyls. There you go. Honestly, more, that's more, a more bogalot. That, that's a that's a pretty solid list because you've got, you know, you've got some uh, bird-like creatures, you've got some aquatic creatures, you've got some feline creatures, you've got uh, canines with the loth wolves, and you've got some uh, reptilians with the varactyls. Yeah. Giant, 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 uh, giant lizard. A giant lizard that you can ride giant. on. Basically, that's what boga is: giant iguana. <laughs> yeah, not. You're not, not wrong. Off. And here's here's the cool thing about Lothwolves. Uh they they basically look like dire wolves from Game of Thrones. Basically. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're they're giant wolves. They're the culmination of years of Dave Filoni's obsession with wolves. Yeah. And trying to insert wolves into Star Wars. He did it. Pretty much. He 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 finally he finally did it. And and the fact that you can like ride horseback on these dudes, like another Another type of creature you can ride horseback on. Um, Rob Stark rode in on his dire wolf into battle. Just saying. Which, <laughs> by the way, the Game of Thrones season eight trailer that dropped this uh, this past Tuesday. Be sure to tune in to uh, call the banners with myself and Sage and McMahon because we're probably going to be spending a solid half hour to forty five minutes just talking about that trailer. Nice. I guarantee nice. it. Like I'm, I'm not just making Game of Thrones references to make Game of Thrones references. I am going back through Game of Thrones in preparation for season eight, and that trailer just got me even more excited. So, I'm, I'm ready for that. And uh, now that I see the Lothwolves re- resemble direwolves, I may have to make revisions to my list yet again. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay, so next up we've got my buddy Connor Sichiti. I know I'm butchering your name, man. I'm sorry. Sichitti, possibly. Yep, yep. He's at, it's, I'm going to spell it, C-I-C-C-H-I-T-T-I Conman on Twitter, <laughs> um, and uh, which is a great title. Um, and he's got number five, Porgs, number four, Purgle, number three, Vulptex, number two, Bantha, and number one, Tauntaun. Nice to see the Tauntaun. It's been a while since we've seen the Tauntaun, but uh, they they smell bad both inside and out, apparently. Oh, boy. Yeah, poor, poor things. But they, they served a great purpose, and yeah. uh, they've, they've been the source of jokes, a lot of jokes, over the course of, like, pop culture and stuff. Um, 
here, here's the thing is Star Wars has gotten really immersed into like pop culture television and stuff. They make a ton of Star Wars references in How I Met Your Mother. Oh, yeah. There's like an entire episode where one of the characters' girlfriends watches Star Wars for the first time. <laughs> and lo and behold, she didn't like the movie. And then guess what? Their relationship didn't work out. I'm just saying, maybe that wasn't a coincidence, Ted. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Okay, that's Star Trek. We're not going there. Not tonight, anyway. Maybe we should do something like top five Star Trek ships or something. That would be cool. That would be really cool. That would be really cool. Okay, on to uh, our friend Ian, Stuttering Star Killer. At number five, he says the Ackley, which is uh, the giant creature that attacks obi-wan he says a giant praying mantis that tries to kill obi-wan enough said (laughs) (laughs) number four the tauntaun still the best ride in a galaxy far far away number three here's one that was almost a finalist for my list i'm glad that somebody mentioned it the opc killer yes there's always a bigger fish Not the biggest, but the best. The OPC killer is what Jar Jar refers to as the gooberfish. Big gooberfish! Huge old teeth! (laughs) Yes, the OPC killer. There's there's actually a, a few different creatures in that underwater realm that kind of scare the crap out of me from The Phantom Menace, but, uh... That that one that one's a really good one because it comes out of hiding and it like reaches out and, and grabs them with a tendril and, and Jar Jar's eyes kind of bug out. So if we're talking about um sentience, let's just follow along with um Qui-Gon's interpretation, shall we? You almost got me killed. Are you brainless? <laughs> so Jar Jar counts. I speak. The ability to speak does not make you intelligent. So, hmm, interesting. Jar Jar might count as a creature because the ability to speak does not give you sentience, Mr. Binks. But he was intelligent enough to give the most evil being in the galaxy even more power. Uh, Just saying. Does that make him intelligent, or is that an argument against his intelligence? Okay, touche. Fair enough. (laughs) At number two on Ian's list is the Dianaga. The first real creature that we encounter in Star Wars. It's the one eye that pops up and then pops right back in again in the trash compactor in A New Hope. And if you look up, like, the full view of what the Dianoga is, like, under the water. Oh, dude. Nightmare fuel. Oh. Terrifying. Oh, dude. Like, not even kidding. I'm, I'm doing a, a Google search right now. Of, of a of a Dianoga, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, that one eye that pops up is attached to like eight tentacles underneath a giant rounded body at the base, and the teeth are like underneath it. It's, ooh, it's creepy. <laughs> it is very creepy. So that's very worthy of the list, Ian. And then at number one, Porg. He simply says, I had to. <laughs> no you didn't Ian there's always a choice uh, uh, 
I'm sorry. I, here's the deal. I don't, I, I don't necessarily hate the Porgs. I hate how iconic they've become. Oh, really? I've heard a lot of people say that, that they, they kind of resent, like, how big the Porgs have gotten. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't know. I just never saw the benefit in them. I never saw them as, like, legitimately contributing to anything. At least the Dianaga contributes to the story because it gives you a sense of imminent peril. I will. I will give you that. I will give you that. That's one, that's one of my criticisms with the pork is that they they're funny, they're cute, they I, I like them in the movie, but they don't really contribute anything to the plot. And I would have preferred that they like like even the Vulptex are like they're really cool and they actually serve a purpose. Exactly. Like they're, there. they're, they're they save the heroes in the end. Like they're there for a purpose. Exactly. It's great. Okay, on to our friend Kevin's list. Valak Tours. <laughs> I love how he leads with this. Does the Morphalump count? <laughs> Somebody listen to last week's episode. No, he doesn't count. Um, even though I tried to, I I talked about cooking him. No, he doesn't count. He's a sentient being. I think. Make Morphalump canon, my friend. Yes. Yes. So, so what does show up on on Kevin's list then? Okay, so I, I suppose in no particular order. Um, he says Rancor. Zillow Beast, Purgle, Lothcat. I think this is the first mention of the Lothcat tonight. Um, we had a lot of Loth wolves. Um, and the Reek, and he also adds, loved all the ones that they created for Rebels. Um, as I said, Lothcat, Lothwolf, yeah, Purgle, yeah, a lot of lot of Rebels love tonight. There really is, and and maybe that is one of the things that that Rebels got right, aside from the Purgles. Yeah. Just gonna leave that there. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going too deep into this, man. I'm not. I'm not. You're not gonna drag me you. down that hole again. You. I'm sorry. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, let's see. Who else have we got? We've got our friend Igor, the hero of Tython. I love that. I don't even. I don't even know where Tython is, to be honest. But anytime you're the hero of something, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Also, real quick, I had to go double check what the reek was just to make sure. I thought I knew what it was, but I wanted to make sure. And <laughs> the funny thing is, when you type in Reek, it actually shows a character from Game of Thrones. <laughs> what? <laughs> There's a character named Reek on Game of Thrones. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, okay, so he has a different name, but um, he, he, he has his name changed. And, like, literally everything that you see on, like, the first page of results... When you search the word Reek, it's Game of Thrones. I had to revise it and type in Reek Star Wars just to make sure that I was getting it wow. right. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay, Igor's list. At number five, Salacious B. Crumb, a laughing Kowakian monkey lizard from Return of the Jedi. Max Rebo, and Ortolans from Return of the Jedi. The Vulptex from The Last Jedi. Lothcats from Star Wars Rebels, and Chewbacca the Wookiee. Nice. Vulptex are getting a lot of love, dude, and it's not surprising. What is surprising is that people are calling them Vulptexes. I, I, yeah, nobody's calling them Crystal Wolves. It's I, like, like that name is caught on just so quickly. I, apparently it has, because with me, I didn't even know they were wolves. I thought they were foxes. I I have been calling them crystal foxes since 2017. Not not even kidding. 
I just call them crystal foxes. Does that mean I'm not as big a Star Wars fan as you guys are? Because I had to look up what a Voltex was just to make sure that I was getting it right. I was like, I, 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 I ain't got nothing on you because some of these, I'm like, wait, wait, what is that? I've, I've some of these I never even heard of. Um, okay, so, so I got I got to confess experience. with with the I was I, I sounded like I knew what I was talking about, but I just had quick fingers and did a Google search. <laughs> Yeah, same, same here, same here. I'm not going to say what I Googled, but I did Google a few others um, that I did not think. Yeah, for sure. So, for sure. So, um, oh, okay, next up, we've got our buddy Josh, FMGhost09 at on Twitter. Um, he says, number five, okay, here we go. The Caller in the Dark. The hell is that? <laughs> the Caller in the Dark. That's so I'm Googling ominous. It. I'm Googling it. Hold on a second. Caller in the Caller in the Dark. dark. Oh, it's a oh. it's a Swoter thing. It's a it's a it's a Star Wars: The Old Republic thing. Um, oh, okay, it's a TLR. Okay, okay. Apparently, it spits uh, lightning, and it's a giant tentacle beast thingy. Color in okay, the I... dark nights on the eternal throne, creature of unknown origin that was found under the surface of Makeb near the location of an ancient abomination, Gethel. Gethel was able to exert mind control over both sentient individuals and non-sentient creatures, as demonstrated when a team led by Jedi Master Adelaide uncovered it in 3630 BBY. 3630. This creature is 3600 years before the Battle of Yavin. (laughs) Wow. This is why I discredit the Old Republic entirely. Who cares what happened three millennium before A New Hope? Sorry, Josh. I'm not trying to discredit your list. I'm just discrediting the Old Republic in general. This is a fight that that Sage and I have had multiple times about the credibility and legitimacy of the Old Republic series and games. I have no love for it whatsoever, but I also have no love for um, The Force Unleashed. So it's just... I could, I could go off on a lot of tangents on this, but I'm not going to because that would distract from the conversation. Number four on Josh's list, my friend. Yes, number four is the Fear Nox from Star Wars Rebels. Um, those things that hang out in the base, which which ironically is coming back. That the, the fort on, on an axis is coming back in the Clone Wars. So we're going to see that before the Fear Nox took over. Um, number three, Mythosaur, and he adds, fight me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna fight you. I'm not gonna fight you. Hey, Mythosaur, awesome. The uh, the uh, I think it's Tatooine. It's, it's the it's the Mythosaur skull that you see on the Mandalorian symbol, which is cool. Um, yep. And number two, Rathtars, and number one, Zazillo Beast. The Zillow Beast. I don't think I realized what a phenomenon the Zillow Beast was until tonight. I'm telling you, it's gotten a lot of love, a lot more than I was expecting it would. But uh, it, it's not just been in people's list. It's been on top of a couple of people's lists. And, I, I mean, I, I, I got to admit, the Zillow Beast is a really cool creature. And, and the Zillow Beast story arc is really, really interesting, especially since it's got, like, some Godzilla and King Kong vibes to it as well. Like, it's it's a really cool story. I just thought that that duology was so short-lived and was sandwiched between a whole lot of other awesome content that the Zillow Beast series kind of got forgotten a little bit, especially since they never picked that arc back up again and never did anything with it, even though they did, like, another, what, five seasons or something like that? Four seasons? Ugh. I I just thought that it got forgotten, but apparently it hasn't been forgotten by you guys, which is awesome. 
Yeah. The Mythosaur yeah. is funny. Uh, some people know the Mythosaur as just the Boba Fett logo. <laughs> yeah. It it was it, it's really funny because I I met somebody last summer who had the Mythosaur skull tattooed on his arm. Wow. The, the the skull was tattooed on his inner arm, and I called it a Mythosaur skull. And he looked at me cross-eyed and goes, hey, what? And I'm like, that. And I pointed to the emblem on his arm. And he goes, oh, yeah, Boba Fett. I love Star Wars. And I'm like, I'm sure you do. You love it enough to get it inked on your arm anyways. <laughs> but, but everybody everybody refers to it in different ways. Because some people think it's the symbol of the Mandalorians. Some people think it's, it's Boba Fett. Some people know it as the Mythosaur. Uh, I'm curious to see what it actually would have looked like because all we get are like sketches and ideas and like fanfic art and things like that. I would have loved to have seen the the Mythosaur in its prime, you know. Yeah, I I'm interested to see. I'm not even sure if we have like a definite like what it actually looked like. It's kind of just a it's a myth. <laughs> it's a myth. It's a Mythosaur. Uh, okay, never mind. I'm done. Okay, so we did get a uh, a list of five from our friend George Rivera, who's been loyally listening for over an hour and a half with us tonight. And uh, his top five is as follows. Checking in at number five, we've got the Rancor. Number four, the Wampa. Number three, the Sarlacc. And then for the top two, we go over to Lothal, and we've got the Loth Cat at number two, and the Loth Wolf at number one. I cannot shame any of that. I, I every time I go back and look at the pictures of the Lothwolf, I just keep thinking about dire wolves from Game of Thrones, and I keep thinking this is how the crossover happens. This, yeah, this is how I'm, we do I'm it. Honestly, I, I don't know why, but I'm a bit surprised at all the Lothwolf love tonight. A lot of people love the Lothwolves, which is great. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go back and and look at the at the lists. I think it probably showed up like about four times potentially uh maybe more than that but i think it was just four mm, but okay. but but okay. but we are looking at like 16 or 17 lists so the odds of it showing up is like four out of 16 that's like what is it one out of every four uh-huh so it's like uh-huh. every every four every four lists we've got something from lothal which is pretty cool hey that's yeah. quick maths i did <laughs> i did i did a good i did a good job there um Okay, so I guess it's time for the totals before we go to our top fives, isn't it? Uh, uh, I suppose so. Or do we want to include our list in the list of totals? I don't think that's what we've done previously, though, is it? No, I don't think so. Okay, I'm just going to read off what I've got. I believe the Lothwolf received four votes. Uh, I may be mistaken on that, but I'm pretty sure it was four. The Vulptex also received four. The Tauntaun also received four votes. The Sarlacc, the Zillow, and the Porgs all received five votes. The Wampas received six votes. As embarrassed as I am to say this, the Purgles also received six votes. And the most vote-getters out of anyone's lists tonight, the one and only Rancor. Wow. Wow. Loved loved I. I shouldn't be shocked, really, truly, because Grandcore is up there for creatures and just this. I mean, he's legendary. He's one of the creatures that you can, like, show anyone and go, 
that's Star Wars. People know the Rancor. So iconic. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so here's here's a little twist that we're going to throw you guys' way. Um, we actually have a, uh, a little surprise for you. Uh, instead of going straight into our top fives, we're actually going to play the quote of the night. Because according to you, Mr. Hart, there's a method to the madness of changing things up a little bit. And uh, I'm kind of excited to see what that is. But uh, please, enjoy tonight's quote of the night focused on a creature that didn't get much love tonight. Although I personally really, really love this creature. So here we go. Tonight's quote of the night. Master! Obi-Wan, can you hear me? Master! Anakin, when I tell you to run, run. Master, you're alive. And where's your lightsaber? It got knocked out of my hand. By a rock? Yeah, by a rock. It's gotta be here somewhere. That is a feeble excuse. You know what would be helpful? A little light? Certainly. Silly thing. I was just working a minute ago. You don't suppose it was hit by a rock, do you? Oh, this should be interesting. Your solar sailor is very beautiful. It's a pretty rare ship. Very expensive. What are you doing all the way out here? I sustained some damage in an asteroid storm and had to make a landing. Feel free to help yourself to it. If you need transport, the nearest planet is Florum. It's six parsecs away. Is it civilized? Uh, that depends on your definition of civilized. But you would certainly be more comfortable there than here. Bancor is uh, no place to be after dark. Perhaps I shall take you up on your offer. Very good. Now all that's left to do is uh, settle my fee. Fee? Just a little something to cover my expenses. It shouldn't be a problem for someone so obviously wealthy as yourself. I'd be happy to compensate you for your services. That's it, boys! We are heading home! Jump in any time! Oh, you're doing fine. She seems to like you. <laughs> yeah, lucky me. This isn't as much fun as it looks. I thought Gundarks were only found on Vancor! Then this system must be Vancor. So, that would make this one the mother of all Gundarks. Precisely. Are you gonna help me? Well, you took your time. It's a pity. I was just starting to sense a connection. Should I leave you two alone? 
Or would you prefer to find a way out of this hole before she wakes up? You know, it's kind of funny. Uh, we chose this quote of the night, like, before we tallied up the lists. Before we came up with anything. Before we, we did, like, any of these totals that I just talked about. Yeah. I'm actually really surprised that the Gundarks didn't get very much love. I don't that think is... they I don't think they showed up on anybody's list. It is shocking. Like, okay, I, I know that they probably really like only show up here in like maybe one or two other times in the Clone Wars. But it's also one of the most iconic lines in the Empire Strikes Back. How you doing, kid? You don't look too bad. Heck, you look strong enough to pull the ears off a of Gundark. <laughs> Thanks to you. Yeah, that's two you owe me, Junior. Come on, folks. No love for the Gundarks? I'm really surprised by that. I understand it's Clone Wars, a bit more obscure, but that's a... I love I loved okay. that they, they, they I, set it up in the movies, and then you finally get the payoff in Clone Wars. Okay, hold on. I, I, I am not going to sit still for calling it obscurity, because Purgles show up in one damn episode of Rebels, and they get a mess of love tonight. Well, the Gundarks show up episodes, in multiple episodes. episodes of the Clone Wars. No, it's only one. It's only one legitimate episode. After that, they just don't exist. Purgles, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you get my point. I get it. Obscurity get it. isn't a legitimate reason. Gundarks is, they're, they're like classic to me, man. As, as, as much as I, I hate to admit it, they made it to like my top seven, but didn't quite make it to my top five. Okay. I, okay, here's the deal. Here's, here was my list of creatures that I was choosing from. This, this was this was my list of, of 20 that I had to choose from. Uh, I had the Gundark. That was, like, literally the first one that I thought of. The top of my list was the Gundark. And then I started thinking of other things, too, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I really like that creature, too. Oh, oh yeah, I really like that creature, too. I have the Gundark, the Gooberfish, the Colo Clawfish, the Sando Aquamonster, the Accolade, the Rancor, the Sarlacc, the Bantha, the Varactyl, the Tauntaun, the Nexu, the Salamir, the Zillow, the Crate, the Knobby White Spider... Really obscure one there that I'm surprised nobody else mentioned. Weren't they in Rebels at one point? Um, maybe? I think they were. The Nobby White Spider, the Minoc, the Rathtar, the Space Slug. Uh, apparently they go by another name. The Wampa. And then literally, I put it in here, Crystal Foxes. Apparently, I'm not nerdy enough for you people because you call it the Voltex. Whatever. Oh boy. But I had 20 to choose from. And I had to narrow it down to five. That was one of the most difficult lists that I've ever come up with. I promise you. It is it's, crazy. It's one of the most difficult decisions I've ever had to make. But when we're talking about creatures, like unless we want to hear the like a whole bunch of noise where the where the Rancor is just shouting at Luke, like what are what are we gonna do? You know? How do we how do we do a a creature themed quote of the night? Right. And so having the mother of all Gundarks on the episode just seemed fitting to me. Yeah, totally. And also you get a little bit of clip of uh, Hondo and Dooku talking in there. That's true. Um, and now you may not have caught it and you may not have been very obvious, but uh, Hondo's Kowakian monkey lizard is in that scene. Aha! Another little creature. And, I mean, I guess you could make the 
you could make the claim that they're sentient a bit. You know, you know, uh, you know, old good old uh, what's his name? Um, Salacious you know, from Jabba's Palace. Salacious B. Crumb. Um, he 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 likes a good laugh. He likes he he's he's a fan of comedy, obviously. Um, and so I don't know. I mean, is he sentient? I, I'm guessing so, but at the same time, they are kind of creatures too. So. Uh, do they communicate though? I don't. I don't. I don't. I mean, what? Know. What does? What? I let's go back to like the philosophical argument of what makes something sentient. Right. What makes the creature sentient? The 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 ability to speak does not make you intelligent. No, I think some humans could 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 uh go by that rule. Hmm. That's true. Uh, so Hondo's uh, Kowakian monkey lizard's name is Peak Mukmuk. Mukmuk. P-I-K-K-M-U-K-M-U-K. Peak Mukmuk. I was thinking, wouldn't it be weird if maybe Kowakian monkey lizards had like a really long lifespan and Salacious just ended up hanging out with Hondo first and then got promoted to working for Jabba? It's possible. That would have been cool, but it's funny, apparently you go not. To, you go to Jabba's palace... In the Clone Wars, and Salacious is not there, right? Um, as far as I can remember, so interesting. Just thinking, that, I don't know. Okay, um, so I, I'm curious. Does that mean that the Kowakian monkey lizards are in your top five because you're pointing them out to us like that? Um, possibly. It's a maybe. Possibly. Maybe. I keep I keep thinking of that Jimmy Fallon gift that we send each other when we're thinking about like saying yes but we don't actually <laughs> say yes. You guys should see our Facebook chats throughout the week. We talk almost exclusively in gifts. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And the, it's one the one of my talk. one of my favorites is the Jimmy Fallon gift where he kind of looks to the side and he goes, "Maybe." It's hysterical. It's hysterical. Love it. I guess it's time for our top fives then. Uh, yeah, yeah. Are we going to do honorable mentions? I feel like we should do honorable mentions. There were some honorable. other there, there were some other honorable mentions that were listed uh, over the course of the evening, and it gives us an opportunity to list a sixth one that didn't quite make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I th- I think I'm ready for my honorable mention. You want to go ahead real quick? Sure, sure. My my honorable mention is Varactyl. I love Boga, but there are just some other creatures that I enjoy a little bit more than Boga. And uh, as we've discussed tonight, apparently there's a case that Boga may be sentient. So maybe Boga isn't supposed to be on the list at all. But uh, if I could have a pet, I, I would totally be interested in finding out how to get a pet Varactyl. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Is that all your? Is that is all? Is that all of them? That I mean, I, I only chose one honorable mention. That is that is my honorable mention. I guess if I was to pick a second one, Gundarks would also be a second honorable mention. All right, all right. Um, I'm trying. See, I'm trying to nail down my list and then know which ones I don't want to right. actually include. It's hard, man. It's really hard. Um, I've got. I think I've narrowed it down. I think what I'm going to say is my honorable mentions include the Acklay, the Zillow Beast, and Ooh. the Wampa. Wow, you love the Wampa. Yeah, I do, don't I? They're, they're, <laughs> I'm going to regret that choice, and I. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe I'll just make fun of you for for the rest of your list. But I have yeah. a feeling, just based on our interests and like the. The, the kinds of different elements of Star Wars that, that you and I feel drawn to, I have a feeling we may only have one mutual top five creature in our entire list. Wow. 
there, there's there's a there's a there's a very good chance because I went very rogue with some of my selections. I'll just put it that way. That's interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. Okay, so I suppose it's time for our actual five now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Let's get into it. Let's let's talk about our five actual five favorite Star Wars creatures. Did you finally narrow down your list, Ben? You finally got it down to actually five over the course of tonight's discussion. I think I've got five. And I've narrowed it down, and I think I'm sticking to it, for for better or worse. We're gonna have, we're gonna have to stick to our guns if we're actually gonna get this this uh, this show finished. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see then. Um, this is the one that I said we might actually have the same creature on uh, on our on our, on both of our lists. Uh, at least I'm hoping we do. Uh, I don't know where it'll be on your list, but it's coming in at my number five because I just have four others that I'm a bigger fan of than this creature. But it's one of my oldest Star Wars memories. I remember watching Return of the Jedi with my aunt, actually. My parents were out of town, and my aunt wanted to watch the Star Wars trilogy with me. And so we watched four, five, and six, and I actually was rather intimidated by the Rancor. I'm not intimidated by it now, but... Uh, it's like one of my older Star Wars memories was seeing Luke fight off this creature and be super creative while doing it. And the, the slime, the roaring, the size, the camera shots, the music, it all just kind of came together for me and seemed really intimidating. So checking in at number five for me is a, is a fan classic, a fan favorite. It's the Rancor. Nice, nice. You, you, uh, definitely, uh, you're, you're, it's definitely a popular one tonight. I will say, not on my list. And that's the one that I thought would be. Dude, we may not have anything similar on our top fives for the rest of the evening. And we that might also not. be history. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. We shall see. That's interesting, though. That's interesting, though. That's the one you kind of pinned. And I, I it didn't. It didn't even break my honorable mentions. Wow! I, I'm not saying I'm not saying I hate the Rancor. I love the Rancor. It's just it's not one that came to mind as a favorite for me. Um, it might make might make the top ten. I don't know, but uh, no, not my top five. Okay, so what is your number five then? Well, my number five. I think you're gonna like this one. Oh really? And I'm being sarcastic. Um, oh dear. So- <laughs> Oh, so look, I love these things. I don't love them as much as some people do, um, but I still I felt like I I needed to think because I really, I really enjoyed their appearance. Despite despite yes agreeing that they could have played a bigger, better place in the plot of the Last Jedi. But at the same time, I really do love them. They're freaking cute, and some of my favorite comedic moments ever in Star Wars are related to them. Um, Porgs are my number five, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> okay, I mean, I, I I respect your reasoning, and I appreciate that it's only at number five. I I can live with that. <laughs> I can I can I can live with that. I you know as long as people, I don't know. I I'm not I'm not going to justify it. I'm not going to legitimize it. It it's definitely not in my five, and we've discussed why. But I get. I get it. I, I I get that they are a cultural phenomenon, but they're just not my cultural phenomenon. And look, we just have to I accept just, that. I just, you know, I don't really have. I have a. Okay, I do have a pork pop. I take that back. I do have a bit of pork merchandise. I'm okay. looking at a pe- pork. There's a pork pez on my uh, desk right here that do I you have forgot a pork, I had. Do you have a pork plush? 
Um, no, because they were too damn expensive. <laughs> no, no, no. I actually do. I have one that will that that's, that there's suction cups on his wings, and he will sit. He will he can put him on your window of your car, and oh, there's gosh. a porg on porg on board sign you could put in the window, um, which <sighs> is. Great, like great, a, like, great uses the license as as, as Steel says. Like the like the baby on board sign, except it's a porg. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my gosh. Exactly. Um, but yeah, yeah, <sighs> porg. The, the brilliant. I mean, and Brian Johnson claims it wasn't for the toys, but man, that, that it, just like BBA, like it made for toys, made for all the stuff, and they went overboard with it. But uh, I didn't do it for that. I just love, like, that one scene with Chewie cooking the porg and the porg guilting him into not eating it is so great. That, that's probably the one scene involving porgs that I did kind of enjoy. I kind of thought, okay, if this is the way that they're starting it, then maybe it'll get the ball rolling into something better. But then it was like, oh, no, that's the best. And everything else is just... Uh, we, won't, we won't get into that. We won't get into that. <laughs> But I'm curious, what is your number four? So, actually, my number four um, was recently put in because of the discussion and the searches that we have done tonight. Um, I'm a big Game of Thrones fan. And anything that resembles a creature from Game of Thrones, I'm a fan of. And uh, I, I really wasn't as into Rebels as I thought I was going to be. I guess I'm just a Clone Wars kid at heart. Same. But I want to go back through the episodes of Rebels that have the Lothwolves in them. Mm. I I really yeah. love their size, their eyes. Like there, it's almost like there's wisdom in those eyes. It's really creative the way that they blended like canine loyalty with human wisdom. I I don't know how they did it, but their their sleek design, their coloration, their size. Like everything that I saw about them tonight, and all the 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 history and and whatever that I that I was able to briefly read, made me more interested in reading up on the Lothwolf. So that's actually my number four, a, a surprise and late entry. Great, I love I love I, I Lothwolves, also not on my list. <laughs> Going through these things, yep. But I'm telling I you, do, man, we may we may not have the same five at all. Like nothing on our five is probably going to be the same. I I highly doubt it. I love it when sometimes we're on the same way. Either we're on the same wavelength and we're just like com- gunning it, and then we're just off in left field, like completely different sides yep, of point. Just completely different, which is fine. It's, That's the beauty of this podcast and the beauty of Star Wars is. There's that many creatures out there that we may not have the same creature show up on our list. I'll be very surprised if we do. Yup. Yup. Okay, so is it time for my number four, I suppose? On to the number four, yes sir. Okay, so my number four is one that I mentioned earlier, and a lot of you mentioned earlier. Um, as I said, I, I gained kind of even more appreciation for this character, and really she is a character, more than just a, a kind of because a lot of people are, are, and rightfully so, saying, oh, it's a, it's a, a banth or whatever. This is a character. People know this creature based on the character that they are. I even had the Lego version of this character um, back in the day. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I gained a little more appreciation for her after uh, reading the recent Revenge of the Sith novelization. And I have to put in the Varactyl, a.k.a. Boga. 
because such a such a great character, such a great sequence that she's involved in, and just the overall like ultimately you have to come down to the design of like all these creatures and like people, human beings, real people in the in the real world, like imagine these things and made them happen, which is crazy. And just I love the whole dynamic of you know having Grievous on this technological wheel bike, and then you have uh, Obi Wan riding a giant iguana. Which is great. Also, fun fact, I believe this is true, Steven Spielberg directed that sequence in Revenge of the Sith. So that's why it's so great. Aha! That makes a little more sense, actually. That's interesting. I I did not know that. Although it makes mm-hmm. sense, because that's around the time that Lucas was making, a, uh, making his cameo appearance. So he couldn't... Yes... He couldn't very well be in the director's chair and be a cameo. Plus, so. that's a giant movie. I guess he was willing to, to shove off a bit of it onto his friend. To say, do this while I do some other things. I mean, who better to pass the buck to than Steven Spielberg? I mean... <laughs> I am it still, un- still, fingers and toes crossed, Spielberg, frickin' direct a Star Wars movie. I'm begging you. I would be very down for that. He's just in super high demand still. The man never sleeps. He goes from one movie to the next. It's just continuous work. It's crazy. It is insane. It, I mean, the, the man has a, an extremely hard work ethic, which I really admire. But at the same time, dude, take a break and do a Star Wars movie with your friend GL. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like let, the two, like, let the two of them get co-director's titles and work on a standalone film or direct an episode of the Mandalorian or something like that. Like that would be cool. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'd be very down for that. Very, very down for that. Uh, on to the number threes then, I suppose. Yep. This is yep. one that did not make anybody's list. Did not make any list that we have talked about tonight. The wow. closest that we came was the OPC killer. The OPC killer was the closest that we came to anybody having this on anybody's list. Number three for me, and I, I, I just, I think it's the the surprise factor, and again the design, kind of like the Varactyls. I think there's just this great combination that makes me a fan of this particular creature, and that would be the translucent colo claw fish from the Phantom Menace. I love it, and I love you. You, you, you did you did you catch the the cameo in Solo? The Colo Clawfish had a cameo in Solo. Yes, uh, Dryden Voss is eating Colo Clawfish. <laughs> I did not catch that. Wow, I'm 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 shocked. As a, I'm as, shocked. A, as a Colo Clawfish, I'm shocked too. <laughs> like as a Colo <laughs> Clawfish fan, I need to go back and watch Solo now. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, Colo Clawfish, anyone? He's he's offering Han and, Han and Beckett. Wait, some, he outright some... said that? Yeah. Wow, how did that go over my head? Go watch the movie again. I might even I might even splice in the 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 clip from the movie. Um, into the thing, yeah. Just so, to yeah. just to rub it into me, thanks. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Colo clawfish, anyone? No, no thank huh? you. So here's another reason why I'm, I'm such a big fan. Um, years ago, when I was first getting into video editing, um, I took um, the song "Monster" by Skillet. I don't know if you've heard that song. Possibly. Um, I took the song "Monster" by Skillet and I made a 
slideshow lyric video for all the different monsters from Star Wars and then put the lyrics to the song over them. Wow. I was very young, so I didn't have a whole lot of like great movie editing skills. I couldn't splice the video together the way I wanted to. I was going to pull like actual clips from the Clone Wars, from Episode 1, from Episode 6, etc., etc., and put them in their places eventually. I never got around to it. <laughs> but I do still have that video on my YouTube page, and I might show it to you if you don't laugh too terribly hard. <laughs> no judgment. No but judgment. one of one of the monsters that I chose for that music video was the Colo Clawfish because wow. it it actually kind of scared me. It scared me more than the OPC killer, and it scared me a bit more than the Sando Aqua monster. That's, that's some terrifying stuff. You you get into a cave, and it kind of had that same uh, uh, cave factor of finding out that you're inside the belly of the beast, like they did in Empire, only instead of being inside it, like the mystery of being inside it, you find out that you are mere feet away from a monster. And this monster has giant teeth, and it lights up, and it's aquatic, and it's just, like, looking to get after you in order to get after you. Colo Clawfish is kind of a creepy-looking fish, dude. It really is. Yeah, it's like a cross between a... Crocodile and an eel? Yeah, yeah. Like, dude, that is not something that I would want to encounter. I wouldn't want to encounter any of those creatures down there. But out of the three... I, I think I enjoyed the Colo Clawfish the most. Wow. That is great. So that's well, my number three. All right. Well, my number three is also not on anybody else's list. Interesting. Okay, when you said also, I was like, holy crap. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no. You made my far. heart skip a beat, sir. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh boy, yeah. Not that interesting, not interesting. Okay, this one is from The Force Awakens. And it is one that has a brief cameo. And he actually, I think uh, this is one that, that we saw, or at least I saw, in some leaked set photos, even prior to the movie. We're like, what the heck is this thing? And, you know, kind of one of the creatures that was kind of bandied about as, like, this is a, this is a real set, practical effects type of deal. Um, and he's one of the creatures that is hanging around at Nima Outpost. And when uh, Finn is comes into town and he's very, very thirsty, he runs over to a feeding trough and uh, plops himself down next to a hapabore. Um, and uh, that is one thing. And I, the one thing, reason I like about this character is that he's like, dude, get out of my trough. <laughs> he just knocks Finn aside. Um and I just love the whole, like, he feels so realistic at the same time. He is kind of realistic, um, and he fits right in with the whole, you know, the, the whole uh, aesthetic of the movie, and especially, you know, just Jack Who itself. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this thing looks like a cross between a, a warthog and a hippopotamus or something like that. Like, it's got it's got these giant tusks that come out of its mouth, and then it's got this giant snoot at the end there. I mean... I, I do remember seeing the, the set photos from this. I think TMZ released it or something at one point. You are correct, yes. And I, when I saw that, I got really excited about the practical effects of this movie because I was like, okay, there's probably people up inside that thing manning it or at least some sort of machine moving its head from side to side. 
that's really creative. You're not squeezing in like a giant CGI creature. You're having a human interact with something tangible right there on the set with you. I did really appreciate that. I don't know if I appreciated it enough to be in my top five, but uh, a Hapobor is definitely one of the one of the better creatures in The Force Awakens, right up there with the mosquito dudes from Maz's castle. Yeah. <laughs> Again, yes. I don't I don't remember their names. I'm obviously losing no. my nerd status. No, I wouldn't know it either. Oh man, that's a that's a great one. That is a really great one. Okay, so I guess we're on to our number twos then. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, my number two, this is one that I wanted to have in my top three, and I, like this was part of the last minute uh, rearranging. But uh, as you know, I am a, I'm a very big fan of the Legends canon. Uh-huh. I, I read a lot of those books growing up. Uh, my teenage years consisted of me discovering and, and learning to love reading by reading things like The Hobbit and the Star Wars Legends canon. I, I read a lot of those books from the library. And in doing so, I like rediscovered my quote-unquote fandom, if you will. Like I learned that there was like a whole other part of the universe out there that the movies didn't tell us about, and it sparked the imagination in me. And with that came the Thrawn trilogy. One of the best written book series I've ever read. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely amazing. And in that series were the Salamiri. Yes. Yep. I, I think I finally got that right. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. You got it. The Salamiri are such an interesting creature with their abilities. It, from, from what I was able to read on their Wikipedia page, it wasn't that they necessarily canceled out the force but they created this natural biological function in order to mask themselves from those that are force sensitive because there were some force sensitive creatures that were hunting them in their in their home planet and so as a defense mechanism they just found a way to mask themselves and kind of almost cut themselves off from the force and when you've got a whole bunch of them put together, the more of them they are in one place, the stronger that absence becomes. And so there were entire times where if a Jedi went rogue or something in the Legends canon, they would be put in an interrogation chamber where Isalamir were present so that they wouldn't be able to break out using their Force abilities. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. They were they were kept in chambers, and then, as you know, Thrawn was using them to try and, and counteract the effectiveness of the Jedi. Like, they were used strategically, but they were never abused. And that was one of the things that I really appreciated about their existence, was they were seen as noble creatures that, like, possessed a power that was influential, but they never abuse them at least nothing that i read indicated that and so yeah it's just a really fascinating part of the legends canon and like you said they're they're kind of alluded to in rebels which makes you feel like they probably do exist in some capacity Mm -hmm. which gives me a little bit of hope that maybe they'll show up in some form sometime but until then i appreciate them for where they are and the part that they played in my love for reading 
Nice. Yeah, yeah I think they're really fascinating creatures, really, truly. I think I, I know some people may disagree, but I, I think they'd be really cool to see them in canon in some form. Oh, absolutely. Well, my number two is uh, one that didn't get a whole lot of love tonight, and we it was debatable whether this was even a non-sentient creature. But I went with it anyway because some other people broke the rules, and I thought, well, I could break the rules too if I want to. Uh-oh. So um, here we go. Look out, folks. My, we got a badass over here. My number two is uh, it gets so far up, I will be – I will fully admit – Part of the reason it's so high on my list is because I can kind of do an impression of this character. And I don't know if it's good or not. I've heard people say it's okay. Um, but <laughs> that's my Salacious B Prom impression. And, of course, that is my number two. Are you are you talking about Salacious uh, specifically or just Kawaki and Monkey Lizards? Um, yeah, Kawaki Monkey Lizards in general. I mean, I like Salacious Chrome a lot, but I, I also love Muck Muck, uh, Hondo's dude. So, I don't know how he, I don't know how he sounds. He may not, he may not have the, the big laugh. That, Can you do that one more time a little closer to the mic? I'm sorry, I did, I did go a little far. I mean, I, I, I can't help but go throw my head back to do it because that's what he does. Right, let that's me, true. Let me, let me, let me attempt this one more time. <laughs> it's bad it's bad don't don't humor me um, no 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 no, dude I'm, I'm not laughing at you i'm laughing with you that that laugh is contagious and it's awesome oh uh, that is so cool dude well unless you and i have like just somehow far out of left field found some way to come up with the same number one we're gonna have Ten different top fives between us. I love it. That's so awesome. It. So this is this is to me the um, the perfect blend of the Legends canon with the actual canon. Uh, I was talking about Legends earlier. I'm going to keep talking about them a little bit in in this capacity. Uh, for me, as weird as this may sound, because I don't watch Attack of the Clones very much. <laughs> As weird as this may sound, I think, I dare say, that my very favorite Star Wars creature, the one that I enjoy seeing the most, is one of the creatures that we see in the the Geonosian battle ring. And that would be the Nexu. Oh, yeah. They are terrifying, for one. Their roar is... Just, it, it's creepy for another thing. I mean, it's right up there with the Acolyte for me. And they are predators. They're not these giant, you know, bumbling whatevers. They're not these outrageous behemoths like the Sando Aqua Monster or the, the, the Rancor. But they are very intimidating very, very intimidating predators. And when they're left hungry the way that Nexu was, they become crazed. But the interesting thing is, according to the Legends canon, they can also be tamed. Because Alana Solo, the granddaughter of Han and Leia, actually has a pet 
Nexu in the Legends canon books. I remember this, yeah. It's a it's a pet Nexu by the name of Anji. And it goes on a lot of adventures with her and actually protects her. Wow. And so not only do you have a a Legends creature that plays a pretty big part in a certain character's story, but it's also a canon creature that fights Padme Amidala in the ring in Geonosis on uh, Attack of the Clones. <laughs> yeah. So it it you you see it in the movies, you get it referenced in my favorite series of books, and it's just a really great design. It's a really cool looking creature. It resembles like a lion and a tiger and a rat and you know it's supposedly uh, a feline of some sorts uh and it's got four eyes and spiked spines on its back uh it can be as long as four and a half meters including the tail and weigh as much as 225 kilograms apparently <laughs> it's just a freak of nature and it looks really awesome Yes, it dies when it gets bumped by a mammoth reek, but as a species, I just think they're very, very interesting. And I get pretty excited whenever I see uh, Anji get referenced in the books, and I get pretty excited when I see the Nexu pop up on the scene in Attack of the Clones. I love it. Yeah, that's oh, that, that Geonosis sequence. Like, say what you want about Attack of the Clones. That whole sequence is phenomenal. Oh, and it is. Whole, Absolutely. The, the, and just the character designs. Like, the production design in the prequels is the best out of all Star Wars. It, do, it, it Star Wars production design peaked with the prequels. And it comes down to the creatures as well with that. And the, the creatures in the Geonosis arena itself, like, you get the Reek, which is kind of like a bull, but it's also just completely different. Um, the Acklay is one of my favorites. That's why it cracked my honorable mentions because it's just a just this insane design and it's so uniquely Star Wars. And then this Nexu, um, and which is this kind of like a cat, but also in the sound design of them all, and so utterly terrifying, but also so you know awesome. And to see our heroes be able to overcome them despite uh, overwhelming odds is really, really awesome. Um, but mine is not that. My number one is not the Nexu. It's not any I, of the prequel ones. I I did not expect it to be, <laughs> which which is which is part of what makes this night so awesome. Is totally totally different creatures from like just about everybody tonight, which is so cool. I love it. Okay, so mine is not from the prequel trilogy. It's not from the original trilogy. It's not from the anthology movies. It's not from The Force Awakens. So narrow that down a little bit. You get The Last Jedi. Uh-huh. So, I'm, I'm, so right now you you've, can already tell. You've already mentioned the Porgs. Yeah, I'm, I'm bookending my, my list with two Last Jedi creatures. And uh, this one just has a special place in my heart. And I'll get to that. I'll get to that in a second. A little short, little short story for you guys. But mm-hmm. um, so this one, you know... I know some people kind of take or leave that sequence in the movie. I quite like it. I quite like it for this creature. Um, the Fathiers are freaking adorable for one. They're giant horses that also have these giant floppy ears and big things. They're, they're just, they're cute. Um, 
I got a um the Disney store was selling these giant stuffed fathiers. And I got one for Christmas. And it's as great as you can imagine. Um and yeah, that's in my room right now. But uh, aside from all that, a personal thing with me was that I actually got to hang out. I'm pretty sure I talked about this on the show. I at least talked about it on the Star Wars Underworld podcast. Was that I went to Pensacon a few years, last year actually, um, and got to hang out with Brian Herring. Now, for those of you who don't know, Brian Herring is the um, uh, puppeteer for BB-8. But he's not just a puppeteer for BB-8. He's a puppeteer for many different creatures and other uh, characters, one of which was the Fathier. And I love the fun fact that he told me about that was they, they filmed that whole sequence and there's the scene where Finn and Rose pop up out of the, the, the sewer and they go in and all the Fathiers pop out of the stalls and there's like 10 of them at least. And he told me that for that movie, they only made one animatronic Fathier head. So what you're seeing in that scene is only one head. And what they did is they filmed that scene that shot over and over and over again and moved that puppet from one stall to the other. So what you're seeing and just changed the the different expressions that the father was making. So I thought that was really cool and really kind of a neat trick. Um that you know, the fact that there's only really one father, but at the same time they, they tricked us into believing it's there's a bunch. Um and on just top on on top of all that, father's are pretty darn cool. That's a really clever way to save on like production and and creation of the different props and stuff yeah like you you really you really have to you really have to get creative obviously but at the same time that creativity i feel like gets rewarded in a certain way with the with the way that the movie came to be so Mm -hmm. that that is really cool and you know, we were we were talking about the Isalamirs not being abused. Obviously, one of the key components of the Fathier's story is that they are being abused, and so that that's also a really interesting component of of the of the Last Jedi is that they're they're taking a look at animal abuse and finding you know creative ways to continue that narrative without necessarily beating you over the head with it. And I hope I hope those all those fathers got to uh, live out quiet lives out there in the out there in the grass. Didn't have to go back to race horses, but they probably got recaptured and probably went back to the races. That's probably the reality of the situation. It's an unfortunate reality to be sure, but we can <laughs> we we can keep our fantasies. That's what Star Wars is is a fantasy. So hell yeah, who cares? <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. You've got Rancor, Lothwolf, Colo Clawfish, Isalamir. And the Nexu from me, Porg, Varactyl, Hapabor, Kawakian Monkey Lizard, and Fathier from Ben. Literally, completely opposite ends of the spectrum, if you will. Love it. And yet, all pretty darn awesome. Now, we are not going to be discussing how to prepare any of these creatures for our next segment <laughs> that would be kind of dark that would be really dark but i mean borgs have been skewered and colo clawfish have been served so it's not outside the realm of possibility but we do have something else to talk about and it's one of the last segments of the evening as always it's time to get out your hashtags folks and start putting them in the chat 
Put them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and anything else that might carry a hashtag. Because it is time, one more time, for hashtag BBQ Watch. Barbecue. 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 So, Ben, I I have some unfortunate news for you. Oh. Someone has kind of stolen our idea. What? Get my lawyer on the phone! I know, right? It's like they don't even care that we didn't trademark this at all. Jeez, no respect. I know, right? Like, we've only been published for over 200 episodes and been around for years, but this person just swoops in and has turned it into a TV series. We are on record. With this idea, all right? We are on record. We have witnesses, all right? We will, this will hold up in court. I mean, it might, but I don't really want to do that. <laughs> I mean, we didn't copyright it or anything or trademark it, but it was our idea. No, we didn't. But we, we, had, we had the idea to do like a barbecue-themed TV series, and they, this person did that. And we've had the idea to do a barbecue-themed discussion at the end of every episode, which is basically what this person is doing. I was searching through Hulu because that's where I've been watching How I Met Your Mother, and it gave me this suggested program. Listen to this description, all right? Barbecue enthusiast and native Texan Kelsey Probilski is on a quest to find secret menu items at some of the best barbecue joints in Texas. This new original series by beef-loving Texans follows Kelsey on her search for these undiscovered off-menu options. With the help of some renowned chefs and prominent pitmasters, there's no telling what might be found along the way. Wow. (laughs) Isn't that basically along the lines of what we're doing? We're going to different barbecue places, trying to find the stuff that is like offbeat or potentially off menu, and then talking about it here on the show? Basically. Basically. Like Like more or less, it's a very similar premise. It really is. It's a very, very similar idea. The problem is I don't get to, like, travel all that much to find different barbecue places, and and more or less you tend to happen upon it when you guys go out of town or something. If we were a bit more intentional and if this was sponsored, maybe we'd have a claim to it, but because we do it so casually, there's nothing we can really do about it except maybe watch it. (laughs) This This show is on Hulu, and it's called... B-B-Q-U-E-S-T, Barbequest, is the best way I can put it. That's a name. Barbecue West, Barbequest, whatever you want to call it. But it's on Hulu, and they've got the first couple of episodes on there already. The first episode is going to be set in Austin. And Austin actually has some pretty cool barbecue joints. So yeah. I'm I'm curious to see, like how this all plays out and and what it exactly looks like and what it entails and maybe if it's got any restaurants that I've been to because I've been to a couple of barbecue places in Austin. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious to see, you know, what kind of exploits Kelsey goes on. 
And uh, if if you're cool with it, Ben, maybe we try and watch this uh, this first episode from the first season, and maybe follow up next week and actually discuss our thoughts on Barba Quest. I'm game. I am absolutely game. Sounds amazing. I mean, it's it sounds like a really cool series, and it it sounds like something that if we had the sponsorship and the money to do, we could turn Barbecue Watch into something like this. But <laughs> you know, unfortunately, as it stands, we're not sponsored. Hint, hint. We somebody don't have the budget yet. Yeah, maybe one day we will. But Hulu will Hulu will hook us up. Call us, please. Okay, so here's the deal. Hulu followed our Twitter account like a couple of years ago. And, oh, really? They follow us? And and I tried to, like, do a follow back and, like, I think somewhere along the lines, I tried to send them an instant message to see if they wanted to, like, hook us up with a free account and we would just talk about them on every episode. They never wrote back. Oh, boy. God, so, I mean, funny. we could have had, like, episodes or segments sponsored by Hulu, but they don't want any part of us. Maybe yeah. when we're big and famous, then they'll want to invest in us, and we'll be able to, like, uh, excuse me, where were you three years ago when we tried to reach out to you? Now it's our turn to reject you, okay? It's weird that those people that run those, like, giant, like, corporate uh, Twitter accounts will just follow random people. Like, I think one I time... May have, I think I may have mentioned Hulu in one of our tweets at one point, and it was like a buzzword for them, and then they followed us or something like maybe that. They, maybe they had a bot running the, running the show at one point. All I know is at some point, um, I was in New York City. I walked through Times Square. I noticed at the time the movie Hateful Eight was out. Um, I remember not talking about it, not going to Google or anything, just noticing that there was a billboard in Times Square for the Hateful Eight. I go back to my hotel, look at my phone. Hateful Eight followed me on Twitter. Oh, yeah. When I mentioned how intrigued I was by the movie Mordecai a couple of years ago, their page followed me. <laughs> it's weird, man. So, okay, I have it here for you. Listen to this. This was, this was what I sent on December 6th of 2016. That was the day they followed us. I said, if I may be so bold as to ask, how did you all come across our podcast? We appreciate the follow and hope this can be the start of bigger and brighter things in the future. Any questions or comments, please feel free to write me here or shoot us an email at blah, 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 blah. I put in our email address. Warmest regards, Zach Arnold, co-host of IPC. Nice. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. It's been t over two years, Hulu. Write us back, damn it. <laughs> We're talking about one of your programs. Ugh. Well, in the meantime, if you do want to keep up with us on social media, whether you're a big account like Hulu or if you're just a regular commoner, we'd love to have you keep up in touch with us. We do respond pretty quickly on all our social media platforms, so go find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at IPC Podcast. You can follow us personally as well on Twitter and Instagram at Zach, Z-A-C underscore D-F-W. You can also find Ben on those same platforms at Ben Hart with no E. Uh, you can listen to previous episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and they are also published on StarWarsUnderworld.com. But the best place to find us is on our hosting platform. That would be Podbean. IPCPodcast.Podbean.com. Pod as in podcast, bean as in green bean. IPCPodcast.Podbean.com. It's got our entire library plus a link to become a patron. So if you want to become a sponsor of a top five episode or just become a financial contributor to IPC in general, that is the place to do that as well. If you want to be a one-time person that helps us out, uh, we would love 
that assistance as well, you can do so by finding all of our swag at tpublic.com, T-E-E public.com forward slash IPC podcast. We've got shirts, hoodies, stickers. Uh, I've seen coffee mugs on there. Notebooks are on there. We've got a tote bag, a throw pillow. There's all kinds of awesome stuff that you can buy on there. And I think about 20 to 25% of whatever you get comes right back to IPC. So however you want to contribute, we thank you in advance for that. Be sure to go check all that stuff out. And be sure to keep up with us on social media as we talk about awesome stuff all throughout the week. Nice. <clears throat> I'm out of breath. <laughs> it's been a long show, man. Well, it, it has. It's been a long-winded show in more ways than one, but it was a good one. And I'm I'm glad that we did this because it's uh, it's given me some inspiration to go back and watch some of these movies, especially Solo. I gotta see Dryden Voss offer Colo Clawfish to people. That sounds freaking amazing. You got to do it. I gotta, I gotta do that and I gotta go back through the Clone Wars. I've been inspired to go back and watch the Clone Wars in chronological order, so hopefully you've been inspired to go take a look at some of these creatures online as you've been listening along. Hopefully you've been inspired to go and watch some of the movies, and hopefully you've been inspired to tune in next week, right here on the IPC Podcast, when we do what I like to call a Flashback Friday. We're actually flashing back to a previous discussion that we've had, but it just happened to be one that I missed out on the last time we had it. So I get to give all my thoughts, Ben gets to rehash his thoughts, and we get to have a lot of fun on next week's episode. It's going to be cool. Yeah. But Ben, unless you have any other final thoughts or impressions, I think it's about time to call it a night, isn't it? I suppose we have reached the end of the line, and I think we've talked a heck of a lot, a lot of blah, 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 blah. See? blah, 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 blah. That's all, I mean, folks. I, I'm sounding like a creature myself. <laughs> <Or whenever. laughs> oh, and that was way there. better. <laughs> that was good. I can't even good. hope I, to compare to that. See, that's the thing. You can't, like, it's hard to control. You can't just do it. You have to get your mouth in the right, you get the, get the right amount of stuff. Stuff. It's weird. Um, maybe I'll have to have to record it or something. You'll like, have to like, do like, a like YouTube... I'm trying to compete with Mark Dotson, like like thing. Like I'm not getting any voice acting jobs. What am I talking about? You, you gotta you gotta do like a like like a like a what is it? Um, shoot, what's his name? The guy who does all those impressions, who did like the Robin Williams impression a couple of years ago. Um, are you talking about? You're talking about? I know the guy. I can see the guy's face. Where is he? His name is. Just on my Twitter. How am I? He wow. was dressed up as Obi Wan the other day. He was on Twitter, and he did like um, a Han Solo fan film. Why are we drawing a blank? <laughs> I it's feel time so to, bad. It's time to call it a night, don't you think? <laughs> if we can't remember this guy, oh, then we probably just need to call it a night. Uh, yeah, we'll talk. Yeah. We'll talk more about that that Obi Wan and that Han Solo film and uh, everything else that has to do with that amazing talent uh if i could only remember his name damn it (laughs) but i think this is just a very good sign that we need to put this episode to bed so i'm gonna call it episode 228 is now officially in the books for benjamin hart i'm zach arnold thank you so much for tuning in with us we hope that you'll tune in next week when we do our flashback friday episode but until that time comes we just want to leave you with this closing thought who a person truly is cannot be seen with the eye 
And I hope that we see you next time here on IPC. But until then, good night, everyone. Jamie Costa. Jamie Costa's his name. Jamie Costa. There we go. Oh.